Hey, I'm Jeff Reed. I'm Craig Killian. And this is the From First to Last podcast. Welcome to the From First to Last podcast. This is a podcast that uh, we work together and we re, uh, we're visiting a director's filmography all the mm-hmm. way from their first film through to their last. And we are focusing this season on Mr. Robert Zemeckis, Craig. The big Z. I know. How good has it been? Bobby Z. I can't <laughs> believe it. We are like at episode seven. Man, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> episode seven, man. And it's been, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, it has. <laughs> it has. But you know what? We're, we're onwards and upwards, and I I say this every single episode, but I was so excited to watch this movie, Craig. Oh, it's because it's, it's we're in such a good stage of yeah. Robert Zemeckis' career. We sure and, are. And these movies are just such touchstone films. Oh, You're just like, oh, ever. Ironically, because yep. it is made by Touchstone. <laughs> this <laughs> this yes. film is a Touchstone <laughs> It picture. is a Touchstone picture. Because um, <laughs> as I said Touchstone, I just got the... Yes, so did I. Yeah, the logo I saw pop the up lightning bulb pop up I'm at like, the end. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. My brain's telling me what I, you know, I should start listening. <laughs> <laughs> so for those at home, we've been working our way through Robert Zemeckis' uh, theatrical filmography. Uh, we've had a great time doing it. Oh, it's been heaps of fun. Um, heaps of this fun. Is, this is the uh, fifth film from his... Filmography that we're watching. Wow, um, man, that's yeah. amazing! <laughs> Fifth film. Fifth and film. I'd say we've pretty much got into. We are um, knee deep in his golden era, aren't we? Yeah, aren't we? Craig? Pretty much. Yeah, I don't think. Like, obviously, he. This is just his mega hits. Yeah, he's yeah. he starts becoming more of. A, I would I would say he becomes more of an artist. Yeah, and his films start becoming more. Whilst they obviously become big hits. Yeah, his next films become big hits um they're more of oscar worthy type hits yeah this yeah. is where he's just Most like definitely. bring me the money he's <laughs> bringing in the cash he's at the top of his game yeah absolutely at the top of his game here um and so just to if you haven't looked at what the episode is that you're listening to good for you because we're like those kids at christmas time who have probably gone down and already rattled the presents a few times true um but or it could be just your play next on your podcast player. yeah true you haven't <laughs> just, even just popped up haven't next. even checked it's you're in too busy driving yep. focus on the road good on you and good us, on you and let us just drive with you that's right that's right <laughs> let us let us be your uh passengers yes let us be your passengers just two idiots in the back seat <laughs> and i can assure you this has happened to a lot of poor people essentially <laughs> you're our uber driver you're our uber. taking our drunk asses home exactly and we're just those two dickheads in the back just totally <laughs> bullshitting stuff where you're trying not to laugh because you don't want to insult us that's right but please you feel free to laugh Laugh and with soon us, laugh I'm, at us, do it all. Yep, soon I'm just going to lean into the front seat and just go, hey man, how's your night been? <laughs> <laughs> been busy? What time did you start? <laughs> and I'm going to ask passive aggressive questions from the back, like, <laughs> is it within Uber policy to stop at McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> I need to stop, man. <laughs> Can we pull over? Um, listen, <laughs> hey. Do you know if um, McDonald's are doing the 10 nuggets for nine ninety five? 
Actually, I guess 24 nuggets. No, KFC, no, man. KFC. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. We did it. All right, Craig. <laughs> we, we, have, we are on... We're on fire. It's no, it's no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. It Listen, Australia has just gone from winter to spring in about three days. Here, yeah, I know. Uh, which is pretty crazy. It's September. Uh, my family spent the morning at the beach yep. swimming because it's about 28 degrees out there Celsius. Um, I can tell you about last podcast we did. I was fully decked out in winter clothes. We had an oil heater operating. In yeah, we studio. had an oil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, now, seriously, this podcast, I am in thongs and a singlet. Yep, it's um, and we're talking. We'd be hard pressed if eight days have passed yeah. since we last recorded. Craig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is Australia. Yeah, welcome to Australia. <laughs> and I can tell you, we're going to have to work on um, some cooling techniques for summer in this oh, studio because it's, it's be warm damn. already, isn't oh, it? I Craig? think cinder blocks are going to. You know, it should be nicer than <laughs> the normal same. places. But. We're, we're trying to nicen the studios up here, Craig. Is uh, there's a few things that have been popping up in the room. There's uh, we're trying to make it look less like a. Uh, Bunker, <laughs> more <laughs> yeah, like somewhere like we're just we're just waiting out the zombie apocalypse in here. That's right, that's <laughs> right. We'll we'll try put some photos up as well on the uh, Instagram so people can have a look at the little space that we record in yeah, each exactly. week. You know how you usually see crime scene photos and you're just basically of a of a serial killer's house. Sort of looks like that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it did. It did. It did. We worked hard <laughs> to make it look it less it like good. it. it. Can I tell you good. a funny story? I once lived in this house. Craig and I used to live about a block away from each other, which yes, was really close to the beach. And all t- all hours of the nights, we'd knock on each other's doors and go, hey, bro, you want to have a swim? But anyways, <laughs> this house that I moved into was the tiles in the bathroom were all like this this really pastely loud pink. <sighs> the first shower I had there, I looked down on the wall and I was like, what is this random stuff on the wall? And it was in this big smear. And I hadn't noticed it when we'd done our um, inspections and things like that. So I moved in on my own. (laughs) Oh, grossed out already. (laughs) And so with my wet hand in the shower, I started wiping down the wall just with my bare hand. And that was when I realized it was legitimately like a sponge smear, like a rainbow shape that was blood. <laughs> oh my god! And I couldn't work well, out. This is, this is a house in Merriweather. Yeah, yeah. Oh my in god! Bar Beach. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and so you never told me that. Well, it just popped in my head then. It was oh. one of those random things when you're just thinking about stuff. But <laughs> I couldn't work out why that house, house was like a block from the beach mm. and quite large. It was yep. quite a large apartment. Yep. Um, and under three hundred dollars a week. Yeah, and I, I think. Uh, it's quite possible someone had met an untimely end in that bathroom. Wow. And they never cleaned it properly. How, yeah. How unprofessional. <laughs> bonkers, <laughs> huh? Bonkers. They're very unprofessional. Yeah. So, yeah. Like the guys from used cars. <laughs> <laughs> very unprofessional. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, too, they if you're tuning in and just going, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> it, well, it says Roger Rabbit on the front, but it just doesn't sound. <laughs> they haven't even said the name yet. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even said what we're talking <laughs> what, about what today. Just... <laughs> Anyways, we are talking right here from Roger the, Rabbit. The That's right. List. <laughs> Check it. Check what it the heck? Is what this name right? That's right. That's right. I didn't know there was sunshine cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> That's an obscure little movie reference for those Amy Adams fans out there. 
love Amy Adams. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> you absolutely love it, don't you? So we are talking Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and it is the <laughs> film, uh, fifth film in Robert Zemeckis' filmography. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you know what? I'll take us on the little journey um, of the lead up to it. But I was thinking this week um, about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I think it might be the first movie I remember. So the film was released in 1988, Craig. Yep. Um, the year of our bicentenary here in Australia. So Australia was 200 years old. Oh, wow. Why would I remember that? Because I was in kindergarten. They made oh, a big superb. deal about it. Yeah. Um, but who framed Roger? They had a big expo. They did. They did. Yeah, the World Expo was I here. Had a jumper. Oh, World that Expo had... 88. Together yep. we'll show the world. That was the theme <laughs> song. Um, so. Who Framed Roger Rabbit comes out in 1988 and it's that movie that I just remember. They had this real thing back in those days. Big movies yeah. were featured on the news. Yeah. So yeah. if there was a big movie coming out that people were talking about, and I don't really think I've seen it happen nowadays aside from maybe Harry Potter's. Yeah, it's more, it's more if an event is around the film. Yeah. Like, say, if they had a premiere in Sydney that yeah. was relevant or something yeah. like that, and one of the actors were out or something like that, yeah. or, you know. But, yeah, they did. They did. They were big, man. They were yeah. big. Did. Now it's, and Or stupid gossip today. But, yeah, yeah. at the time, I was like, yeah, this, this is coming out. Yeah. I remember, like, another one that they did it was, like, there was a whole news story about the fact that Tom Cruise was rebooting Mission Impossible. And it was the first time you saw the bit where he jumped <laughs> on, the, on the bullet train. And oh, the, the, the blade goes under his neck. Yep. Oh, man. De Palma. Oh, what man. Seriously. Oh, I, I know. I love that whole series. Oh, me too. <laughs> Hands up over here if oh. you love Mission Impossible. Um, Sing it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember on the news there was a big deal about this movie because it was a time where um, it was the first time that someone had actually managed to feature both Disney and Warner Brother characters yep. in the one space. Yeah. So it was like this, it was this big, big deal. And so, like, w- all this stuff getting made, like, to, to pump it up, made it this massive event film for the year. Yeah, exactly. And it's the follow-up, Zemeckis' follow-up to Back to the Future. Yep. It was, it was also one of those films where um, it used cutting-edge technology. Oh yeah. To the extent where um people were almost um waiting for it to fail. Yes. Like like they did the same with obviously with Titanic and Avatar. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's that one of those movies where everyone's like, Well, this movie is using this, this and this, but will it be a good movie? Yeah. Well only time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> then back it to you. back and to you in the studio, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> and I do remember it Thanks, was also a time when uh <laughs> Uh, a bit of time. <laughs> One day, <laughs> Craig's really Craig almost choked on his coffee. Then um, I thought he was gonna do. He's in the mill house and having to come out his nose for a minute there. But uh, <laughs> poor, poor Dicky Wilkins. He's like, what did I ever do to those guys? <laughs> do those Your guys? big head sat in front of me all the time, Dicky. Oh, that's a huge head. Like um, an orange on a toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> so he's crying to self to sleep <laughs> on his large pillar. <laughs> Do you know you referenced that in a previous episode, no, Craig? You can't and, help. It's so I'm married an expert. As well. I'm pretty sure I sat there blank faced looking at you or doing one of those laughs like 
I have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> and then later, I was listening back for uh, your continuity purposes. And, um, and just because I enjoy listening to it, <laughs> it's a like, fun. Um, it's and I was like, oh, so I married an axe murderer. <laughs> I get it. Um, I hope people that at looks home. looks like Sputnik. <laughs> <laughs> I hope people at home just are, are revisiting the episodes. You don't have to. That's cool if you don't want to. But I'm it's finding. Soothing. Craig is very funny the second time around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those idiots that you, go, that, you look, that you finally kick out of the party and then you go, oh, actually, it'll be a boring now. <laughs> <laughs> Who is he gone? You? No. He's already gone. He's already gone. All right. <laughs> so um, I remember it was also a time where of a Saturday evening, mm-hmm. usually around 5.30, 6.30 in the evening, they would actually show a behind-the-scenes yes. press kit for movies. Yes. And you could watch the making of them. Damn. Yes, Jeff. I, I remember know. that. So this was... They used to be part of the actual TV schedule, yeah. the TV guide, a yeah, behind-the-scenes. Yeah. Of- yeah, yeah. Wow. So you'd get to, like, the movies coming out in a fortnight to build anticipation mm-hmm. for it. Yep. Um, you would, If it was a sequel, you'd watch the, the previous ones leading up. Yeah. But they would also have the week of or the week before a behind the scenes that went for about 20 minutes just going through how they made the movie. And I remember that really clearly, it's probably my first, it'd be, we've talked about my first memory of a movie experience being uh, (laughs) Batman Returns. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I can clearly remember watching the behind the scenes to this and them showing the weasels. Yep. Um, and the plate smashing. The plate smashing, and it was the gun because they have live action guns. Ah, yes, the weasels yes, yes. So it was literally the guns on a wire moving around in thin air, and then they were add the cell animation over the top. And I can clearly remember it. So all of this, like before we've even started, yep. watching the effort, the the film. And you were pumped. Yes, you were, weren't because you? Because they'd show that like obviously they'd particularly show a scene, and then like that scene there, and then. That always ended off with a clip of the real scene. Yes. And you'd go, man, can't wait. To that's see amazing. That. Yeah, that's great. And then yeah. the credits roll for the little mini clip. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, let's go to the movies. I got it. it was like the best teaser. And like we do live in a funny age that. now no. where we don't get one trailer. No. And you have to base what you want on that. Like we live in an age where there's a teaser for the teaser trailer. Oh. So, you know, like. And that new trend where they watch, show. Clips of the trailer before the trailer starts. What the what? heck? And I know. You just go, what? what? I know. What? What? And, <laughs> and the other thing that really, like, I think it's taking a little bit of the magic out of the, the film going experience yeah. is, is the multiple posters. So, like, let's be honest. The Hangover 3 doesn't yeah. require 10 character posters. No, no. But it's such a big industry. Like, if you think about it, obviously... Just before we started, you show us that awesome poster from Eric Powell doing the war. The Planet of the Apes one. Planet yeah. of the Apes poster. And Mondo posters are just oh. madness. Now, if you think about it in the if other aspects. Mon- people of Mondo, if you want to sponsor this episode. Oh, seriously. Yeah, us. send us up. We don't need money. Just I'm happy to be a, a picture on the Mondo <laughs> poster. <laughs> I'll be the ape. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's like, and so... But they've pushed it once again, as always. They've, they've flooded the market instead of... Yep. Uh, Mondo haven't. I'm not saying Mondo have. Mondos are still above standard, very above standard. But yeah, but they are post-release but, yeah. most of the time. But And it was also an awesome time. This is where you... Um, at this time where 
um, posters were such a when there was just a single poster. Yeah, that was such a huge thing. Yes, where you'd go down to Video Easy or you go down oh. to be a Civic Video Avenger, Crazy. and you'd go down and you'd they'd have to write your name on the back of the poster. Yes. Oh, wasn't that a great time? Ah. Um, and you're actually what you're talking about. If anyone's been looking at our written articles on the on the website, amazing written, articles. which is fftlpodcast.com. Um, my first thing, which is why I love movies, my first little article went into all of that, um, which is the the experience of going to a cinema and walking yeah. down the, looking at each of the posters along the way, all that sort of stuff, which is part of the almost uh, ritual of going to the cinema mm. um, that I flat out love. And look, I'm going to bring out something else from that time that was awesome. Yeah. Is you would hang out on Saturdays, maybe Saturdays, to watch clips from Entertainment Tonight. Oh, and they dig little clips from the movie, and you go, Wow, yeah, and it's over tonight. Do you know what was crazy? Was I don't know if you knew, but like you could watch it live from America. No, oh, wow, no, or you could watch it the next day on a rerun. No, oh, so, wow. so in Australia, obviously, time difference you've got the time difference mm. going on, so you could watch at like 1 30 in the morning mm. or in 10 Australia. Uh, and yeah, uh, and it would be like you know that would be live from America. Usually, we probably thought it was live. It was probably a week behind. Yeah, it, it but, felt like a week behind. But then you'd get the next day. You could watch it at a more reasonable hour. Yeah, and you and would see the awesome. little clips. Used to be awesome. And it probably was in a time where Entertainment Tonight was about movies. Yeah, it was. I watch not, it now, and it's not horrible. like TMZ. The, yeah, t- they're like TMZ, and yep. all they interview is like um, people from Days of Our Lives. Did I see? Is the dude from Saved by the Bell hosting it at the moment? Yeah, I, I, he must be because every time he, I pop it on and see it, I go, "Wow!" Yeah, I just catch glimpses every now and then. I'm yeah, like, I go, what? "Yeah, this, this ain't good. This yeah. ain't good." Where's the dude with the big jaw? <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? John he, Tesh. John is Tesh. He released some. He released some piano albums at yeah, the time as well. It's crazy. He wrote the, uh, I think it's the NBA theme song. <laughs> That's on, you know, every game. That yeah. like that like punching song that comes through. I'm pretty sure awesome. Don Tesh, John Tesh, Tesh wrote man. that. Teshi was yeah, awesome. Teshi's all over it. Hey, so we should probably get on track. <laughs> I, I reckon we're just... we're here for a movie, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And I thought, like always, we, we start with um, a bit of a lead up on, mm-hmm. on what's been happening. You know, we've watched uh, Zemeckis's previous four films last week. We hit Back to the Future and that was a heck of a lot of fun. To that just, was awesome. To fun. just touch on Back to the Future. And, you know, there's some more Back to the Future to come. Oh, yeah. Um, so... The year's 1988, Craig. We've got three years since Back to the Future was released and yep. Who Framed Roger Rabbit comes mm-hmm. out. So there's a fair bit of work Zemeckis is putting into this. But as we've already talked about, he is pushing the technological um, boundaries. Yes. Um, and it's and it's a really... Um, again, the last episode, we joked about how much work he, Spielberg, all that crew were doing. <laughs> um <laughs> And a very funny little bit of the episode, if you haven't listened to it, check out the Back to the Future <laughs> one. It made me laugh very hard hearing that again. But so at the time, Zemeckis has finished Back to the Future. He's um, wanting to make uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And at the same time, Universal Pictures uh, are realising they've got the biggest movie in the world for, for that year in 1985, which is Back to the Future. So they're talking sequel 
And we'll get into more detail about Back to the Future 2 and 3 in the next two episodes because that's the next couple films. Yep. Um, but during this time, um, Zemeckis is making, is in pre-production for Who Framed Roger Rabbit while the studio is trying to get him and Bob Gale to write the second film uh, for Back to the Future. So Zemeckis is balancing his time between a very high concept, very technical shoot. You'd probably say his most ambitious um, movie to date that he's tried to make. I couldn't think at the time any that would be as close as ambitious as this one was at the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's insane, Um, isn't it? Like, I know there's been, there are amazing movies around that area. Yeah. Around that era, but man, I don't, ambitious wise, man, this is amazing. Yeah. And what is bonkers is this film is 30 years old, Craig. 30 years? Wow, it would be too. 30 years old. God damn. I know. I'm getting old. I know. (laughs) But like, it's just insane to think 30 years ago, that technology and, Again, I watched it on Blu-ray. Do you watch it on Blu-ray? Yep. So the transfer is amazing. He just has a. <laughs> he uses beautiful, beautiful. Oh, uh, just if film, Mister Zemeckis, if we ever meet you, I'm going to give you a cuddle and just say thank you for your beautiful transfers. I'll, it's actually I'll, led me I'll to just give him a Weinstein handshake. Oh golly, <laughs> <laughs> we won't go into depth what that's that is. a two. But there's video out there of it. Oh man. I did see a really horrible video. I don't know why I watched it. This well, that one with the lady who's basically um, trying oh, to sell him something. Yep. It was You're just, hot. It was You're appalling. Hot. Oh, no. Horrible, man. And we what won't a go on of a dude. I know. I know. So, Craig, in 1982, Robert Zemeckis offered to direct Who Framed Roger Rabbit for Disney. Oh, wow. To which they declined. Too, too racy. Um, well... His only films to date were I Want to Hold Your Hand ah. and Used Cars. Oh, so it was that flyer ago. So, yeah, because this is one of the things that, like, I wanted to look up. There was a question that rose to my head, like, yep. how did we get to Who Framed Roger Yeah. Rabbit? And I said, well, I'm not going to look it up, obviously, because I know Jeff will have the answer to it. So, um, but, yeah, 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 no, definitely, because I just wanted to know how we, you know, because it was such a back to the future, back to the future. Yeah. How did we get to Roger Rabbit? Yeah, so he wanted to make it. He offered to make it back in 82. Mm-hmm. So we're talking six years. Nothing really happened. And Disney actually did some test footage um, between 81 and 83. Yeah. And they featured Paul Rubens as the voice of Roger Rabbit. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I can't imagine like a Pee Wee Herman sort of. I just hate Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. <laughs> I do know how you feel about <laughs> Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman. But oh, and I wouldn't sit next to him in your theatre. When <laughs> oh golly, golly. <laughs> was that a raincoat? Please. Oh, 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 it depends. Oh, if he's oh. Pee Wee Herman, I might just need a little umbrella. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gosh. oh man, a whole heap of people just started googling what you were talking about, and that joke's gonna hit second time round. Second people. time round, guys. Second time round. Like used cars. That's oh, what man. <laughs> used cars. It just keeps getting better. So here's something crazy. And Craig, apologies for using my phone. Um, I'm not Don't researching. Care. But here's something I didn't know that absolutely blew my mind. Blah, 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 blah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit yeah. is actually based on a book. Oh, wow. No, I, I did not know that. Here we go. In 1981, Gary K. Wolf is the author, wrote and released a book called Who Censored Roger Rabbit. Oh. Uh. Yeah, I know. And I really want to show you. So it featured Eddie Valiant, 
The Eddie detective. Valiant. And I'm going to show you the cover here, Craig, just let's to have just, a look. Let's, what just, let's just state before we go anywhere. Eddie Valiant, another awesome name. Oh, isn't it? Another ever. awesome name. Eddie Valiant is Eddie a sick Valiant. name. He's, 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 so... Have a look at this cover, and we'll put this up on the podcast, on the Instagram, and everything, so you can see the. Co- oh wow! Damn. So a very bearded sort of rough, yeah, man, private eye sort weird, of looking man. dude. It, it, it looks like they. It, it's pure pulp. Yeah, it's pure pulp, guys. It's pure basically pulp. just so that awful color off shot coloring as well. That's sort of like the same color um, standards that you see on a dark babysitter club book. <laughs> now. I really want to read a bit of the plot to you. Um, there's a lot of things, uh, some bonkers stuff that is with like genies in magic lands. Oh, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. So to those at home, I'm going to read out the plot. Um, it may be a little bit. There's a couple of paragraphs. I don't Because there's all sorts of stuff. But I think this is just an awesome little view. Man, of if people what... have downloaded it, they want to hear it. They yeah. want to hear us. <laughs> so here we go. Eddie Valiant is a hard-boiled private eye and Roger Rabbit is a second banana comic strip character. So he's not, again, a little bit of a change. He's not an animated movie. We're talking comic strip. Yep. Character. The rabbit hires Valiant to find out why his employers, the DeGreasy brothers, who are owners of a cartoon syndicate, have reneged on a promise to give Roger his own strip and potentially sell his contract to a mystery buyer. Evidence shows there was no mystery buyer, and the reason Roger Rabbit remained in secondary role was because of his lack of talent. (laughs) (laughs) Soon after, Roger is mysteriously murdered in his home. Wow. Okay. This his, is hardcore. Oh, no. His speech balloon found on the crime scene indicates his <laughs> murder was a way of censoring the star, who apparently had just heard someone explain the source of his success. Valiant's search for the killer takes him to a variety of suspects, which include Roger's widow, Jessica Rabbit, former co-star, Baby Herman, and Roger's photographer, Carol Masters. Eddie Valiant then meets a doppelganger of Roger's and promises to solve the mystery of his death. At the time, At the same time... His former boss, Rocco de Greasy, was also murdered and witnesses uh, point out Roger as the killer and as he was seen allegedly fleeing the scene of the crime. While Eddie Valiant investigates, the key suspects asked him to be on the lookout for a certain kettle in exchange for a reward. He eventually finds the kettle, which was in Roger's possession, and gives it to Dominic, only to find it was actually a magic lamp with a genie who then kills Dominic. After the genie explains its origins as well as the reason for its actions and confesses to being the one who shot Roger, he granted the unwitting Roger his first two wishes, marriage to Jessica and a comic strip contract, but made sure both wishes fell apart within a year out of sheer nastiness. When Roger accidentally activated the the lantern a third time, the genie killed him. Eddie Valiant defeats the genie before holding the genie hostage over a saltwater fish tank. (laughs) Saltwater being its weakness. The genie is then forced to grant a wish made by Eddie for proof of Roger's innocence, which is provided in the form of a suicide letter from Dominic confessing to both Roger and Rocco de Greasy's murders, along with his own suicide, not trusting the genie to keep its word of letting him go and also knowing no one would believe about the genie. Eddie drops the genie's lamp into the fish tank as the salt water dissolves the genie to nothing. With the murderer now gone, there is but one issue left to solve. Who really killed Rocco de Greasy? 
Eddie Valiant finally concludes that the murderer was the original Roger Rabbit himself, who created the doppelganger to create an alibi and murder Rocco for stealing Jessica. He intended to plant the murder weapon at Eddie Valiant's office to make him the fall guy, but was shot by the genie when he accidentally summoned it. The doppelganger confirms the truth and confesses that he had it planned for days. However, for clearing his name and befriending him, despite what he did and tried to do afterwards, he praises Eddie for his morals, calling him a real stand-up guy. Roger gives Eddie a heartfelt goodbye before disappearing. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy, huh? Wow, that's an... That's I feel like I've just been on an acid trip. That's amazing. That is so weird. That is so da- so damn weird. That feels like fan fiction of a of the actual Robert R- Roger Rabbit film. That's Crazy like, town. Yeah, isn't it, it is. It is. It's like you know those weird internet communities that keep the same characters, but they make up weird shit yeah. stories. That looks. That sounds like one of them. Just to think that that's the original story is even crazier. So good. Wow. I actually. It's so bonkers. I want to buy I the wanna, book. I want to <laughs> see it. That's, uh, I want to see the film. I want to see the film. It's so crazy, isn't it? That is madness. So That is madness. It's so nuts, oh, I'm isn't so it? glad you told me that, man. So, um, oh, I that was a late edition. Jeff told me just before we I left, you guys, I'm going to late edition this morning. Um, which <laughs> is probably... People are probably going, oh, duh. Did you even look on Wikipedia? But No. <laughs> no, I didn't. And so no, I found I it out this morning. Stop your judging. Stop being so damn judging. And like Craig, my mind was blown. Now that's madness. So um, <laughs> that in mind, what's really crazy is to think then someone at Disney mm-hmm. was handed that book. Yeah. And oh, thought, Jesus. we could turn that into a movie. Wow. <laughs> that could fit within Disney's values. Because yeah. even back in the 80s, Disney still had values. Yeah. And so someone believed in it enough that they could work on it and get things done that way. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, so what's crazy then is Zemeckis, um, the Bobs don't write this movie. Someone else did. <laughs> I think... Uh, <laughs> Apologies if I get this name wrong. I'm pretty sure his name is Jeffrey Price as one of the one of the screenwriters. Cool. Um, previous work that people will know, um, following on from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, oh. Shrek the Third, oh. uh, and there's one more in there that someone's screaming into their car at the moment, but I can't remember. It's probably Jeffrey. But uh, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably if I got his name right. But he's just done hasn't done a lot of work. Like really, in terms of, of writing, he wrote probably four or five more things after Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which you'd think with a film like this, yeah, people, exactly. Doc Hollywood was one. There you go. Oh, really? Yeah, he wrote I Doc, like Hollywood. Doc Hollywood. Um, strangely, it was on while I was having lunch in a pub the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, I like Doc Hollywood. Obviously, uh, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Just, just so keeping in the themes with things. Mm. So um, so Disney start looking at ways to make this into a film. And yep. it, they they get a few people to write on it, uh, work on it. and Oh, it, it needed a lot of work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it the sure basic was. concept's good, but it needed a lot of work. It was actually offered... To Terry Gilliam to direct. That would have been mind-blowing. And he actually... And you would have thrown Don Coyote in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so he actually um, 
spoke about it when asked and said the reason he didn't take it was he was too lazy and he knew how technologically um, advanced the film would have to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I could imagine like that dry Python humour would have yeah, been... Yeah, it would have been, been great, Yeah, it? it would have been a heaps random film. It, it, probably would have stuck very close to the book. Um, yeah, <laughs> it probably would have actually. And I think Gilliam would have just been um, that... He would have got the looniness of, oh, of tunes, yeah. You know, but Dude. that said, Zemeckis does a great job with the oh, looniness. Zemeckis, I, I couldn't think of anyone else who could have done it as well. So, uh, something really cool from this film, and uh, it was actually selected in 2016 uh, by the U.S. National Film Registry to be a film put into the vault. You know how they've got a vault Definitely. of films that Definitely. change things and are really important? So 2016, it gets selected. Um, and I'm going to tell you this because I'm really worried I'm going to forget it because I, <laughs> I didn't make a note of it, but it just popped in my mind. So there's been a lot of talk um, also of uh, Roger Rabbit, a sequel. Oh, so really? every couple of years, there's oh, this yeah, whole rumor. They're making Roger Rabbit 2. They're making Roger Rabbit 2. Well, a sequel was actually written after this movie. Makes sense. Okay. What is insane is the plot. Oh, I love it. Love it. <laughs> tell me, tell me. So the plot of one of the sequels that was written is that Jessica Rabbit gets kidnapped by Nazis. Because <laughs> <laughs> the film's set in yeah. 1940. Yeah. yeah. Um, gets kidnapped by Nazis. And Roger has to parachute behind enemy lines <laughs> to rescue <laughs> Jessica Rabbit from the Nazis. And then they rewrote it and it became Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so good. They had, they had like Roger Rabbit's dad, who was a professor. <laughs> With a beard. Yeah, a Scottish man. <laughs> <laughs> Scottish, Scottish rabbit. <laughs> Oh, uh, so good. But in the Latin alphabet, Jehovah starts with an I. <laughs> <laughs> Roger. <laughs> I am so pleased that this podcast gives Craig an outlet to let all his accents and movie references pop out. Because again, every episode, something pops up that is literally one that I've heard so many times before in my life. And that little quote oh, from uh, you know, The I Last love Crusade. That I love that quote. Is so is so great. So I thought I'd, I'd share with you, Craig, um, a couple of little casting dreams, almost things following on from Terry Gilliam, almost directing. Cool, cool. Okay. So, um, Eddie Valiant, Steven Spielberg's choice for Eddie Valiant was Harrison Ford. Makes sense, but I don't think I think too dashing. Too dashing. Maybe, do you know what? Harrison Ford five years ago would have been perfect. Yeah, yeah. An old curmudgeon sort of Harrison yep. Ford yep. would have been just perfect. But Harrison Ford from 1988, not so no much. No way, no not way. Not so much. Um, it was then offered to Eddie Murphy, who turned down the role and has since said a few times that he really regrets turning it down. No. Um, Too wrong. Also considered for the role before Bob Hoskin got it, Chevy Chase. Plausible. Robert Redford. Too dashing. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, could have done it. One that was really close to happening. But I, yeah, I, oh, Jack and Wacky. Yeah. 
he does obviously normal Jack Looney. Yeah. Um, but it would have been a Jack Nicholson film. Yep. Yep. Most definitely. One that was really close to happening and made me go, oh, imagine. Bill Murray. Oh, I'm imagining. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I could see that. I could definitely see that. I could see that. Yep. Yeah. Big yeah. time. And you Sylvester know I mean? Stallone. I, you know what? Actually, if playing on the Bill Murray card, Yeah. I think if you gave it to any of the Ghostbusters, they could yeah. have passed off. Oh, man. man. Dan Aykroyd could have been great. Dan Aykroyd could have done it, man. Dan Aykroyd could have done it. So I could have... Um, oh, it's awful. I forgot his name. But yeah. Ivan Reitman? Ivan Reitman, yeah. Is that who he is? No. no. Is it? No. How... Uh, yeah, we. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, we all. You know, you know. Egon. 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 Guys, Egon could have done it. Egon could have done it. Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. That's it. Harold Ramis. There we go. Uh, yeah, Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis could could have done it too. So that, then it obviously goes to Bob Hoskins, which Bob Hoskins is so good. Which in which would have been odd at the time because Bob Hoskins at the time was a very dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Broadway. Yeah, Broadway. Broadway He'd just come off Bloody Sunday, probably around about that time, uh, which was a huge IRA versus gangster drama. And he's just, and he he was just that hardened Cockney gangster. Yep. You know, you know, almost gangster. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And just just basically, so yeah, he would have been. It's funny, I guess, when you think about it, he would have been a choice that if I never saw, obviously Roger Abbott, I would have gone. I don't know. I think I don't know. thinking back on it, because it's so much time's passed. You think about Bob Hoskins now, and you're like, he is perfect for that role. Mm. And just like without that, you can't imagine him as a as a smee for Hook. Yeah, you know, yeah. or Smee. further further sort of roles. Um, and so I think it's great. Hey, someone crazy that was considered for Judge Doom, right? Is Sting. Sting, <laughs> man, Sting. You know what? Sting had a good a bit of presence, but I don't know if he could have acted. Oh. Like, I, um, one of my favorite films growing up was Dune. Yep, and he played. Um, oh, I've forgotten his name, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I should say it. I just say hey, Sting in Dune, <laughs> and pretty much, um, he was good in it. He had, um, he, he had a great friggin' presence. I've actually never seen, um, uh, David Lynch's Dune. It's good and bad, you know what I mean. It's concept wise, it's 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 really good. There's obviously, um, I'm more excited for the new one that's coming. Oh out. man, the I'm so I think it's just going to be. It. I think it's just going to be brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, really but keen. it is. It's it's good for the idea of it. Yeah, it's very good for the idea of it. A lot of people obviously were uh, were angry at it because it's nowhere near as deep as the book. But yeah, man, seriously. Can I ask Craig? I watched this week Jodorowsky's Dune, the documentary. Oh, did, you? did you? Have like you it? seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's I've seen it a few times now. I put it on every I now and then. It, it breaks my heart. I sort of like. I, oh, because um, it's amazing. It it's sort of like because I watched the Terry Gilliam. Oh yeah. Um, that Terry Gilliam one. Um, the Don Quixote. Don Quixote one. Yeah. yeah. And 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 that actually hurt me, man. I was like, oh man, all these all this work they put into the movie and basically yep. who killed Don Quixote or something like that. Yeah. Um. Who and who shot? Who shot? And who? Um. And it, all the work they put into it, and then yeah. it just never got anywhere. And um, and I, and 
I feel, man, I've seen the concept art and everything, and everyone's oh, just said it would be mind blowing. You just gotta, if you can get past that part of it, it's amazing to one see Jodorowsky's passion for it, uh, and still today he's like, you know, I think he's pushing eighty. And he talks about it in such a wild way, um, wow. like with such knowledge about it. Um, but just the lengths that he went to get like Salvador Dali was going to be in it. Yeah. And Orson Welles and just all these people who he was going to have in the film. Yeah. And when you when you actually hear the lengths that he went to, like, you know, the, the Dali one's crazy. Dali being Dali. Um Asking for he wanted to be the <laughs> highest paid actor in the world, and so to get around it, they actually said, "How many minutes would we need him in the film?" And they said, "Oh, probably three minutes." And they said, "Cool, <laughs> let's pay him a hundred grand per minute." Oh, wow, and that's so a, that's superb. And so they said to him, "We will pay you one hundred thousand dollars a minute to be in our movie." Knowing full well they're only going to put him in for three minutes, yeah. and so to him, his ego was uh, exploding. Was loving it because he was going to be the highest per minute yeah. paid person in the world. I like these failed movies. The oh, failed aren't movie they wonderful? There's a new one. The the doing. The, they've got a super the Superman one coming out. Oh, with really? Cage. Oh, I've got a friend. Um, and actually, he's going to be a guest later on on our podcast. Who? Followed that massively and actually was part of the campaign. You know, we uh, crowdsourcing yeah. to do it. When's that released? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, I'd love to watch that. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, we are doing really well at talking about everything that's not this movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we did love this movie, guys. Seriously. We did. We're, not, we're not dodging it. We, we love this um, movie. But this is just like, this is what's awesome about this, uh, this film is this all these tangents that you go off and you find that you absolutely love that mm. all come back to Roger Rabbit somehow. Oh, bloody oath, um, man. So other oh, things. Full Aussie on you. I'm getting <laughs> bloody oath. Bloody oath. Um, <laughs> so I thought I'd just share with everybody. Um... What sort of a year 1988 was I love for this film bit. Releases? I love this bit. This is a trail off area, but I love it. It's uh, All right. And skipping down memory lane. 1988 was another great year for films. Oh. So there's a couple. I'm going to just go. Um, it was a great year for comedy. So I'm just going to pump a few comedies out there for you. And well, you it was the bicentennial year. The, so it was a bicentennial yeah, year of our nation. Year, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there was a major Australian movie that was released in this year as well. Walk Boy. No. <laughs> no. Just was it the prequel it to Walk Boy? Was better. it Immigrant Boy? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Boat Boy. <laughs> Boat Boy. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Someone's going to take that wrong. Um, young Einstein. Wow. With Yahoo Serious. That rock and roll music, yes. any old time. Hey, I used to have the soundtrack on cassette, and wasn't I a bad smashed it. Yeah, it wasn't a bad yeah. soundtrack. Check it out, people. Great Southern <laughs> Land <laughs> by Ice no House. <laughs> 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 Young Einstein, Yahoo Serious. He's actually from Newcastle. Um, oh, well, I did not know yeah, that. He was actually from Cardiff, uh, which is where so we're are recording we, are we right now. Sitting in Yahoo Serious. This is Yahoo's territory. Land. Yep. Wow. And, uh, I we believe he's living in the Sydney Yahoo. these days. Um, As he would. He just looks like... I saw a photo of him probably a month or two ago. He just looks like a old surfy dude. And I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, cool. Anyways, comedy's in this year. Coming to America. <gasps> yep. Oh, I love Coming to America. I watch Twins. that so... 
twins. <laughs> yep. Bro, this is a big year for comedy. A fish you know called what, Wanda. Saying back, I quickly jumping back to twins. Yeah. Because I was gonna say Danny DeVito in the in Eddie Valiant's oh, role, but obviously yes. he was doing he could, he was in twins. Yeah. Yep. And interestingly enough, I think he was considered for uh, Bob Hoskins was considered for Romance in the Stone at one sort of point. Ah, uh, um, yeah. They so must they must run into each other and just stare each other out. <laughs> <laughs> just small fat people. Just <laughs> other <laughs> you're stocky. I'm stocky too. <laughs> Just a big mud wrestling. Other comedies, Craig, this year. A Fish Called Wanda. Yep. Never watched Loved Scrooged. And The Naked Gun. Wow. Frank Drebin. 88 is a pretty um, great year year for for comedy. Um, Also in there is considered one of the worst wannabe movies ever. And I watched it so much growing up and was both terrified and overjoyed watching it. Awesome. Mac and Me. Wow. You know what? I think I only watched it once and I can't remember. I barely It's legitimately it. got a scene in a McDonald's restaurant. Wow. Where they eat and it, a dance routine takes place in, in, the, a McDonald's, in a McDonald's on the counter with like staff <laughs> and all the things going on behind. It's crazy. Oh, like okay. the County Reese one with a... Um, Oh yeah, the day the earth stood, day still. The earth stood still. A secret meeting secret place. Secret meeting McDonald's. McCafe. Yeah, McCafe. <laughs> and it's all in McDonald's. No, no shameless um, tie-ins there. I'm pretty talk sure about in the, later. It, Boom. I'm pretty sure in the same movie, there's a scene where she empties a handbag and looks yes, at and a Nokia, the new phone Nokia phone and phone. a mascara <laughs> and something else. Um, also released uh, Red Heat with Arnie. Oh, funny um, movie. Funny movie. Young Guns. <gasps> yeah. Wow, so this is, must have been at the time that Bon Jovi were huge as well. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. we all remember that film clip too. What Willow? a great film. Willow, you <laughs> idiot. I love it. Willow, Willow, seriously. Hey, look, we have to do a little quick stop here on Willow. Let's pull it up a yeah, little bit. We're just going to put George break. Lucas, Willow, Ron Howard. Oh. Brilliant. It's so good, isn't it? Val Brilliant. Kilmer in his prime. Val Kilmer in his prime. Mad Mordigan. <laughs> Seriously, what a great film. Yeah. Great. Willow. Great uh, film. And I believe that uh, we may be touching on it at some point. But still incredibly Very scary, soon. man. Still incredibly scary, those monsters. That's good. Um, also in this year, Heathers is released. Heathers, man. I enjoyed it. Um, it's a TV I love show at the moment. Oh, is it? Really? Yeah. I believe it's a TV show. I love Winona Ryder, obviously. At the time before she started stealing shit, but um, <laughs> but yeah, hey, that was she's good. back. She's back. Thanks, she's Stranger back. Things. I know. Thank you. Um, also a really good year for animated films. Um, and the Fox and the Hound is released by Disney. Still um, haven't seen it. Fox and the Hound man traumatized. Kids, I know. That's I why remember. I don't want to see it. Every, um, my friends would cry which when they talked about it. I added it into the list because it has a throwback to a previous star from our thing. Kurt Russell's one of the voices in it. Oh, is he? Um. Also like released it. was Oliver and Company, which had another Disney movie, which had Billy Joel doing all the music. Oh, um, really? This was a big time. This is big time. This isn't on it. my least list, but I'm pretty sure Beaches was released this year. Oh, um, watch that and so many times. The Land Before Time was also released. <gasps> yeah, Man, that's right. I still cry. I still cry when Littlefoot's mum dies. Yep. Oh, and we watch it heaps. It's big at our house, man. Carter. Just Land Before fe- Time, is it? Carter, yeah. Carter's um, rediscovered Land Before Time about six wow. months ago. And we've watched the whole series, even when it got weird. 
And we're like, talking like when it got to a musical, like Land Before Time, the musical. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's it's, about it's weird a movie film. like seven or eight. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, the first one, man. It was big. And 1988's a real yep, crazy... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ducky. <laughs> I love it, Ducky. Um, Come on, you got to love Ducky. <laughs> well, it's a crazy year as well because it's really that year where um, merchandising became massive. Yeah, true, um, true. So film tie-in merchandising really took off. Well, you'd, you'd probably be having your... Um, your, your that would be still riding higher on the waves of, obviously, your Star Wars. Type. Yeah, yeah. And I can remember clearly, like, Pizza Hut was the um, restaurant to go to. Yes, um, it was. It was. You used to dine in. Um, so it was no more sort of just order a pizza, pick it up and go home. It was mm. an experience where you'd go and the kids' meals had time tie-in um, meals. Yep. Um, and we'll talk again next next episode because Back to the Future 2 had a massive Pizza Hut tie-in, um, which you would get sunglasses uh, ah. with your kids' meal. But Land Before Time had a little tie-in where you'd get these um, latex hand puppets. Um, oh, wow. Of each of the characters. And they were a solid sort of rubber thing. But what became massive, and this is so Australia, isn't it? This is good. You're going to love <laughs> yeah. this. Crap. So they became a really hot property because people worked out they were made for a child's hand to go inside them. Mm-hmm. And they were quite um, thick rubber. So people worked out it was a perfect size to sit on your toe ball um, <laughs> to protect your toe ball. So if you were towing your trailer, which Australians wow. all have toe balls on yeah, their Yeah, because I remember seeing heaps of these. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was Land Before so Time. They were a Pizza Hut tie-in for Land Before Time. They had each of the characters. Yeah. And, um, yeah, to in, so in order to – you get a toe ball cover to ensure that the oil doesn't dry up on yep. your toe ball. And so people were able to keep their toe balls moist by sitting a Land Before Time puppet on it. And they – So Aussie. So it is, isn't it? So, so Australian. Land Before Time, and there was a back in those days, there was like a um, Muppet style kids show where, like, uh, it was like Hotel Transylvania, but back in the eighties, and all the kids. So it was like a a baby Dracula and a baby ah, yes, werewolf yes, yes, yeah, yeah. and a baby mummy. So they were doing that. A um, couple more movies, which I've saved some real big guns. Okay, Beetlejuice. <gasps> Beetlejuice. Yeah, don't say it anymore, or you'll come here. Yeah, uh, Rain Man. I love Rain Man. I just have to say it like that because Rain Man is just one of those films. Raymond Babbitt just basically, what was I talking about that the other day? Oh, who cares? But still, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I didn't want to go to memory. My memory's not working that great today. I was just like, I can't remember. It's a hot name. day. It's a hot day. Big. Big. Oh. <laughs> shimmy, shimmy, cocoa pop, shimmy, shimmy, rock. We love shimmy. it. Oh, How good is Tom biscuit. Hanks? Biscuit. Um, and I've saved this one for last. Die Hard. Oh. <gasps> You John know what? McLean. I'm sort of pumped for the next one. Listen, That's just I, don't know, John I, I don't know what to do. Listen, I'm really excited. I invited Craig. He's not coming because um, he's busy. But my yep. friend and I, uh, John and I, are going to check out. They're doing a diehard film festival where they're showing the first three movies That'll be back awesome. to back. You'll have to in report 35 back. mil. I'm so excited That'll be for awesome. it. Um, Welcome so, to the party, pal. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yippee-ki-yay, Craig. Um, so 1988. And there were other movies that I left off this list. Man, this is a big time. So big it's a, time. It's a really big year. Oh, and so then we have Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I wish I'd just, I've just realized, I wish I'd written down where it came on the box office that year. Um, I didn't. Um, it would have been big. I think it was big. It probably, I would say in at least the top five. It's, 
That's because a big if you thinking think about, about those other films. Yeah, if you think about the other, the other films are great. Yeah, um, but, but basically this really they've is, got restriction. They're that's the age right. restrictions. This is a family movie. Yeah, family. But film. um, let's just find out about the film film because we'll talk about that age restriction and the film itself. But <laughs> uh, for those who've never seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, let's just hear about it and they can sort of get a little yeah. bit of understanding, Craig. So let's just hear about it now. A huge step forward for film, Zemeckis creates a magical world where cartoon characters known as Toons live and interact with us. In this magical world, a man is killed and a lovable but goofy cartoon character named Roger Rabbit is framed. There is only one man who can clear his name, hard-nosed private eye, Eddie Valiant. Unfortunately, Eddie is not the man he used to be. Brilliant effects and amazing concept collide together for one of the most lovable films ever made. Well, so you now know what the movie's about. Yeah. And like we said, 88 is this year. It's got so many movies coming out. Um, Some of them are are, are aimed at family. A lot of animated movies that are probably aimed at family. But this is that one that really is hitting both families, kids and adults. Yep. And it's almost they forgot this formula for years to Yes. Come, until around about Shrek. Yeah. Um, well, maybe a little bit more earlier. But, yeah, this was a formula that they they, they, they never plowed it as well yep. as they could at the time. Yeah. And it's and it's really interesting. So, Craig, going into um, watching this film again, you know, one thing that I'm absolutely loving about the podcast is that um, – Getting to watch Zemeckis' films from the first all the way through yeah. means that um, we're watching movies sometimes for the first time in a long time. You know, as we've talked about, I've got that stupid list of movies <laughs> I've watched in the last <laughs> seven years, which is getting massive. Oh, yeah. um, so, Back to the Future, I hadn't even watched it in seven years. Yeah. Um, Roger Rabbit, this was my third time watching it since I started logging them. Wow. So, I've watched it a few times. I was surprised too. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you think going into it? What were you expecting from the film? It's funny. Um, I watched it not long ago. Yeah. Because it came on. Um, well, when I say I watched it, I flicked through it. Um, I've watched it now, obviously, from start to finish for the yep. podcast. But prior to that, I'd watched it about oh, probably about eight, eight nine months ago. Um, yeah, okay. it, it was on Netflix and I just, oh, Red Rabbit. So this time I sort of knew what to expect from it still. Yeah. Uh, but... Seeing it from, once again, the Bobby Z angle. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a confident man. Oh, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it ever? A confident man. I mean, I actually, he's just like, I know my shit. I actually <laughs> wrote down here, Zemeckis is at his best. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, like, from all the movies we've watched so far, this is a man who... He's no longer taking a gamble and it pays off. Yeah. This is a man that knows how good he is. Yeah. A man who just basically, he knows his formula. Yeah. Um, so this this is where um, I would say this is Zemeckis where he's just basically, not he's most soulful obviously. Yeah. But this is Zemeckis who goes, yeah, I've got this filmmaking thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to back myself. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not going to get into the art of too much of it, but man, I know this. Yeah. Thing. I know this. Yeah, yeah, it was so good. I'm a director. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm a director. And because he wasn't writing it, I think also there's uh, a freedom to take what someone else has already fleshed out Yeah, and just expanding it massively. 
and I, I I'd love like to it. see the original script though. Oh, wouldn't it be interesting compared to what he would do? Because I'd like to know what he added. Yeah, because obviously, as we were saying before, he adds he adds dark things. Yeah, in. and I think when you look at it, and I'm glad we went there, mm. um, nice and early. When you look at it, the film. I was thinking about it. The film is dark. Like, it is, man. It is dark. There are some non not not nice people. Judge Doom is like one he, of the scariest dudes. Oh, isn't he? Isn't that just brilliant acting? Oh, Christopher Lloyd, and we're just going to say it here. You could talk about Doc Brown Mm. all you want, and he's beloved. I get that. Doc Brown is a beloved character, but this is Christopher Lloyd just at his... Yeah, I would say this is at his acting best. Yeah. And it's so against character at the time. Yeah, Because he was Doc, known as Doc Brown. Yeah. Animated beyond hell. This is a guy who's pretending to have a rubber mask on the yeah. whole film <laughs> yeah. and does it amazingly. Oh, gosh. Amazingly how he turns, how he like that was yeah. one of the things that blew my mind watching this watching it this time. Yeah. I focused a lot on Christopher Lloyd. Yes, yeah, same. And just basically his acting and his mannerisms. Yeah. Seriously, it's I would say almost if he would have died making this movie, he would have been nominated for an award. Oh, it's <laughs> seriously. Um, it's. I hope one day that we get to talk to him because I'd love. I'm sure everyone goes on about Back to the Future to him, the poor guy. I'd probably there'd be two movies I'd want to talk to him about. Mm. There'd be this one and Dennis the Menace. Um, <laughs> Mine would be this one and Amazing Stories Go to Hell. Oh yeah, <laughs> which has happened between Back to the Future and now. Um, but like. The the Judge Doom stuff, like that first time that he puts that shoe in the dip, that's murder. It's insanity, that's isn't it? That's not even. That's that's that's. I'm I'm sitting. His, I'm still screaming at the screen, man. And when he does, oh, and oh he that noise! And you, oh and like, oh. yeah, and it just finishes. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, it's so good. And I was watching it. I actually had this moment where I said to my wife Kathy Lee, I was like. Do you think that we should let Evie watch this with us? As I've mentioned before, that, that she's, bit is horrifying. she's a sensitive soul. Yep. Um, so we really get beyond, you know, yeah. some some things. So then I, I was like, I'll watch it. A sensitive soul who nearly cut a little girl in half today. <laughs> with a lightsaber. <laughs> well, I'm just going to uh, I'll reiterate with a what lightsaber. What's that sensitive she's, soul? <laughs> listen, we all need to go to dark places in order to find our, our limits, Craig. Um she is a beautiful song. But, yeah, so I'm watching it and it got to this dip section. And I was like, far out. The shoe is so cute. Oh, Like, the shoe is just cute as All it's heck. doing is rubbing up against his shoe. I know, shoe. I know. <laughs> and so then it's like just this insane, like, it's sadistic the way he does it. And, but this is Zemeckis saying, this is the villain. Yeah. There's nothing forgivable about this villain. Yes. He is a bad a cartoon guy. villain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much where he's almost just saying, yeah, he's a cartoon. Don't yeah. you know that? This yeah. Is, everything he's doing right now is exactly what a cartoon villain yeah. does. But what is brilliant about it is the way that Christopher Lloyd does it. You just think he's a bad guy yeah, you who just wants think he's to a, make money. Yeah. Um, and so at no point... Are you thinking, even like later on, I realized that um, 
I think it's later on when they're in the warehouse and yeah. there's that sort of fight scene. He gets hit in the face really early on. And I didn't realise, this is the first time I realised, he has animated teeth for that whole scene. Ah. So his teeth are animated. Whereas he's got fake ones, sort of big capped yeah. ones for the whole movie. But he's got these animated teeth. So even like, we've talked about it before, Zemeckis has this level of detail that he brings to all his movies. Yes, incredibly. Um, and so just to think... If a cartoon character was wearing a human fake body yeah. and got punched in the mouth by something, he would show cartoon yeah. teeth. Yeah. But most people wouldn't think to that depth, <laughs> would they? <laughs> he's um, just he's as always, he's just the whole film also itself is oh. it's almost like a um it's almost like a love letter to that to the what they would call the golden age of studios yes. in LA around yes. that time because it's basically everything is that beautiful sun bleached yeah um beige bloody beige LA yep. skylight everything not a, no, there's not a cloud in the whole sky in the it's whole film it's so nice isn't yeah it? i know exactly you it's funny you just go oh cool it's the whole movie but you go wow LA's beautiful yeah <laughs> there's probably all these people <laughs> in LA going it is not. It isn't beautiful. It is not. It is not beautiful. Um, it's like I did write down in, in my notes. I was like, uh, Zemeckis' attention to detail is just bonkers. And if we think about um, every shot, we've talked before, he wants every shot to look like a painting. Yes. Um, but there is so much detail in every single shot that, I was finding at times I wanted to rewind just a little bit yeah, so yeah. I could watch not even like Roger and Eddie moving through a no. scene. I wanted to look in the background you to see You want to look things. at the world they're in. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And can I tell you, I started watching this movie and I got to that point where I got to that point you just mentioned. I was like, this is an amazing world he has created. Yep. And I started thinking, how hard... And how many times have we seen people try to create these split worlds? So a world where two different elements come together as if they coexist. Yeah. You know, we can think of, even in recent times, there was the uh, Will Smith movie Bright, in which humans live in a world with yeah. orcs and all that sort of stuff. There's just something in it that doesn't feel smooth or no. like, it, like it connects properly. They didn't connect it properly because they all they really did was like rewrite a boys in a hood script. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. just you know, and look we've already talked about who wrote it. Yeah. Um, what type of dude he is. <laughs> but but really, in my opinion, yeah, they didn't they didn't build it enough. And they didn't build the worlds between what them. What so I started watching and I'm like, Zemeckis is flat out nailing this world. Yeah. Like there is no point that I believe the only other movie that I think this world has sort of come together that it reminded me the wall. You know, there's that scene where Yosemite Sam comes over the wall. <laughs> it, My yeah. biscuits are burning. You know, all that sort of <laughs> stuff. That wall just reminded me. I was like, the only other movie that's done it since then that I can think of is District 9. Yeah. In which two things that are so polar opposite come together and... and Live exactly, and you see in a realistic world, and I think it's their reactions to each other. Yes, they come across to you know. You see, obviously, where there's basically, they've got a humans-only bar, yeah. but it has tunes in it. Yes, you know what I mean, and um, but it's like a you know a night show, um, yeah, you know, and it's but they they mix the worlds in beautifully. Oh, so good. So I started watching. I get about twenty minutes into the film, um, 
and and it probably is that scene where he's walking along through the world and you're seeing the casting calls and all yeah, that exactly. sort of stuff going Moo. on. Um, yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> so I actually stopped the movie there. And, and Kathy will attest to this. I stopped the movie, I got up and I walked over to her and I said, I'm going to the movies. And I left. <laughs> so I stopped Roger Rabbit halfway through and I went and watched The Happy Time Murders. Oh, <laughs> that's right. I received your yeah. message. <laughs> and I can tell you... Um, my my logic behind this was, this is the first time in a very long time that someone has tried to do two worlds coming together yeah. to be something realistic. Yeah. So I knew straight away, I'm 10, 15 minutes into a movie and I know someone is nailing this. Yeah. So I wanted to see if someone else could do it. <laughs> okay. So this is all I wanted to see. I, you know, I'm a Muppets fan. Yeah. You know, um, and so I just wanted it to be like this world. All I hoped it was that it was a world that worked. Yeah. Where I believed it. You know, you've seen the trailers for Happy Time Murders where girls are holding hands with a male yeah. puppet, that sort of thing. Now, the movie itself, I could dedicate an entire podcast to <laughs> and I probably wouldn't be very kind at all because literally, <laughs> Craig, I'm going to tell you something and for people at home, this is legitimately how the film starts so there is a cop a disgraced ex-cop puppet yep. who's working as a private investigator of course that's part of his investigation leads him to an adult video store for muppets for puppets okay i'm oh, sorry they're not allowed to call them right they're not allowed to call them muppets they actually got sued for being too similar to muppets yeah. um so he walks in the door and behind the counter is a cow being milked by an octopus while being filmed. And it is the most <laughs> disgusting and disturbing thing. Like, honestly, it there was no humor in it at all. It was just downright wow. dirty. And the way it was happening, like, I just couldn't find humor in it. Like, and most it things, isn't it done by, like, one of Henson's kids? Brian Henson. Damn. Right? It's like so, he's just trying to kill his father's... Um, oh, well, he's gone off and he's, he has like an adults-only version of the Muppets that he takes on tour and stuff like that. So I think oh, he's okay. expanded on that. But when that happened, I've never felt so against a movie in my life. I, I literally... <laughs> it was this point where I was like, if ever there is a time that I'm going to walk out of a movie, now is that. And I was like... Did you? Well, no. I didn't. I stuck it out because we're talking five minutes into a movie and my reason for wanting to watch this movie was to see if someone else could... Someone by all rights, Brian Henson, who has lived and breathed Muppets for his entire yeah. life, should be able to create a believable world it in which they might have been too close. So, but I persevered with the movie and there were there were one or two laughs that weren't in the trailers... Uh, but that was it. And really, um, talk about a movie that was over-marketed. Um, it was quite possibly the worst movie I've watched all year. Wow. Um, That's a big call. It is a big call. Uh, but, you know, like, there was just nothing in it. And it really showed to me that what Zemeckis does in Roger Rabbit mm. is something special. 
Yeah. So oh, yeah, definitely. The fact that he can create a world in which a private investigator could investigate the murder of uh, uh, a tune, you know, and it not be disjointed and not work. And not being unbelievable. Yeah. You know what it's, I mean? He just nails it. Oh yeah, exactly, and that, and the, and it's also, um, and he and he nails it because he brings a clear history to it as yeah. well. Yeah. So obviously, when he passes out at his table and it goes through all their past cases, yes. Valiant, um, and you go through and you see, you know, he saved Goofy, blah blah. blah. Yeah. And and it's all intermixed, you know. What I mean, like one of the new things I noticed at this one was toward the end where he pulls out the gun. Yeah, and it's your 70s, and it says, yeah. from, you know, thank you thank for getting you. me out of trouble. Your I wrote the same said. note down. Yeah, and I was like, I never noticed that before. <laughs> like, and it oh. really is. That's the level of detail he's got in this movie, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. You know that. And 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 the fact that, you know, when you um, see Betty Boo, say, yeah. Eddie! And, yes. You know, and, and everyone knows it, but because it's all so mixed, but the it's seamlessly mixed in. Yeah, everything it sure mixed is. In. It's um, what was crazy? I was reading through it because I, I love the way that you know, um, throughout the movie, there's all these little moments that, you know, you got your Daffy and Donald bar scene. Oh, that's where awesome. they're just competing, awesome. and I got to say that bar scene, it does so many great things. We've talked before about how Zemeckis can give you information that most people would probably give exposition to explain. Yeah. Um, but he gives it in such a way that you... So you've got Donald Duck on one piano in this bar, which yep. is for humans only. Uh, awesome password to get into the speakeasy. <laughs> Do you remember it? I wrote it down. It is, he says, Walt sent me. Oh, yes. Is his password. <laughs> um, so it's a speakeasy. It's a human-only bar where the entertainment is all tunes. Um, and so he walks in. There are two pianos on the stage. Donald's on, Donald Duck's on one. Daffy Duck's <laughs> on another. So immediately, like, you're blown away because it's Disney and Warner Brothers interacting together. Yep. And they get the personality of both the Ducks so well. Oh, superbly, superbly. And the banter between them, like, Daffy's saying, can you understand <laughs> what this guy's saying? Last and time I worked was all with a speech impediment. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> so I love it. Good. Love it. And it that was just, always one of my favorite bits of when I was a kid. Oh, and it's so great. Because immediately you're in this, it it makes the believability of that world. Because yes, humans would make tunes, yeah. be their dancing monkeys. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's just kind of, you know. know. Essentially, if it was done today, uh, I was thinking about if this was done today, you probably have a racial undertone put over it. Oh yeah, definitely, so definitely. the tunes are being discriminated against. Well, it is. The, he does give that little touching, you know, like it's humans only. Yeah, um, that type of thing as well. Yeah, so there's that. Also, thought if it was done today, could you imagine how many cameos of actors would have to be oh in this movie? God, it'd turn into yeah, it turn in, it would turn into like those old Muppet movies. Yeah, it yeah. would have turned like which, a which were great. Don't get me wrong, those are great. But yeah, it would have turned into something similar like that. That just a little ping happened as I wiped my nose. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was, was like, it? oh gosh, I touched <laughs> a wrong are we, button. Are we, are we <laughs> <laughs> running out of. <laughs> I'm running out of battery again. Hey, <laughs> if you tune into the Back to the Future episode, uh, go back and listen on your second or third listen. There's a moment. I'd love to hear if anyone could pick the moment that I realize we have 3% left on our battery of our laptop as and we're you recording. See Craig pulling sh- 
something out of his ass trying to, <laughs> trying to like, fill the air. The, the, there's a really funny <laughs> moment too where Craig is like waiting for me to go, it's okay. And there's just like That's this long so, pause. Uh, man, we go in time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can hear me say, oh crap, as I run away. <laughs> but so that world is really well established in that in that scene. Yeah. And it, it intercuts between, you see Eddie Valiant, you know, he hints at, it tells a lot about the world. Yeah. So you got the animated animals. You got tells a lot about Eddie. You can yep. tell he's hard nosed. He doesn't like too many tunes, but he has a history with the tunes yep. with yeah, the Betty Boo. Great history with them. Um, and he loved Toontown. Yeah. He's lost his sense of humor. Yep. You know. Um, you get Marvin Acme does a little squirt of disappearing ink. But that on his shit, shirt. me too. Oh, it'd drive me nuts. <laughs> that'd it? drive me nuts too. But you know the hand buzzer, all that stuff that it's just like you can tell. I'm not taking this. Yeah, I've got exactly, no time exactly. for this. And you find out, obviously, that um, Goofy was up on espionage charges. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Those little details you see in the background, aren't they so good? I know. Even I know. like when you're in RK Maroon's um, office and he's editing. Yeah. And I, again, I just love that little editing on the little viewfinder that he's like pumping with his foot to keep oh, it going. I love um, it. And on his wall are all these photos with famous little cartoon characters he's like it's shaking so good. hands with. It, yeah. It's it's just great. There were a couple cartoon characters they couldn't get for it that they really wanted. Oh, really? And people yeah. didn't give rights to. So oh. they really wanted Tom and Jerry to be in the film. Oh. Yeah. Who do they belong to? Um. Not sure, to be honest. Yeah, isn't that weird? I, I would have... Popeye was, was also denied. They Popeye wanted Popeye. Popeye would have been good. Popeye would have been good. Um, a character called Little Lulu, I think. Little Lulu. They wanted. No, no, um, yeah. But really, most characters they wanted, they got. Yeah, I think they've got a pretty good run of them. Yeah, yeah. And like I... Seeing... One of the highlights of me is just seeing um, Mickey Mouse and Bugs And Bugs, Bugs together. Yeah. So In good. any scene they are together. Because they have chemistry. They do, don't they? they? Like I'm watching, I'm watching them do do that a parachuting scene. Yeah. You know, you're not gonna like it. Oh, go on. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. you're just like, oh wow, they're so good together. Yeah. They're, 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 <laughs> I want to see a road trip movie. Do you remember? <laughs> oh wow, wouldn't that be great? Oh, it would be awesome. It'd oh, be awesome. Man, I someone know, please, stinker. movie gods, let it happen. <laughs> do you remember? This is a little obscure. Um, there was, you know, there's the dare. Um, anti-drug campaign in in America. It's like uh, I I don't. Like, it's like your, an acronym. Like your brain on drugs one. It's so, oh, no. It's like just says the word dare. People wear t-shirts and it's oh sort yes of, yes yeah. I have that sort of it, thing. Yeah. I I remember they did, and I don't know whether it was before or after this. So this might have been. It might have been after, and then it was. Oh, the door was open yeah. for it to happen. But it was actually they teamed all these characters up together. Bugs. Mickey, all of them together to make this short little film educating kids on not doing drugs. Oh. I'm pretty sure Dare's the don't do drugs like slogan. Um, so, yeah. I'm curious now. What's but Dare, so D-A-R-E, but they had a little short film that was all animated and it had all these characters. And I remember, like, they put it on the news again. Yeah. They talked about it on the news. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was like one of those things where they're like, 
this is the time that this cartoon's going to be on, the anti-drug cartoon, and my parents sat us all down and we watched Like, it. We Are the World, but for cartoons. Yeah, it was, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, yeah. and it was like an anti-drug cartoon that they made with Bugs Bunny, Mickey Mouse, all that. But oh, I'm going to look that up. Yeah, it's it definitely, I'd love to find it. Maybe we could pop it on the find Facebook it, page if we Find it, send us a link. Yeah, send us a link. Because I'm curious, man. I'm curious to see that. Because oh. seriously, they have great chemistry. They well written. That was awesome. But it was so well chosen. Anytime that two um, different companies came together, mm. they chose the way that they shared things together yep. so well. Yeah. So you know, Donald and Daffy. Yeah, Mickey. Exactly. Mickey's on there with with Bugs. You know, there's even how good is the little scene where Tweety Bird comes out. Oh, I love Tweety Bird. And I love Droopy. I'm a big fan of Oh, yeah, of Droopy, Droopy comes out. Woody Woodpecker yeah, at one Woody point. Yeah, Woody Woodpecker. Oh, seriously, they done it so well. Yeah, they you know did, I mean? didn't and they? And I could just imagine, like, two superstar heavy hitters, like, you know, like Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny going skydiving together. Yeah. That just sounds like a yep. cool thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. They would totally do that. So we've we've got the, the scenes really set for Eddie, uh, for the world. We've got the scenes set for the man. And mm -hmm. then you start getting a real idea because it's our introduction into Jessica Rabbit. Yes. And I can tell you, if there has ever been a cartoon character in a family movie, yeah, so uh, risque and sexualized, sexualized. yeah, it's like, bonkers, isn't it? Jessica Rabbit has to be, I guess, the one of the first characters in movie history made a lot of people uncomfortable. Yes, because it was so um, sexualized. And it was, but the funny thing about it is it's almost so sexualized, it's almost a dig at men's sexuality, yes. at men's um, yes. ridiculous um, standards yeah. and sexuality. Like yeah. It's a dig, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And um, like just her boobs bouncing around and stuff like that. And then obviously throwing Kathleen Turner's voice, which is that beautiful husky. Oh, isn't it ever? You know, Scotchfield voice. And she's um, uncredited in the film. Oh. oh. So, like, she's... I watched at the end. And she loved it. She didn't have to do any scenes that just looked weird. Like, yeah. she had to do <laughs> weird positions like she had to do... Oh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure, like, um, after Romance in the Stone, she'd probably be like, I get... He's going to be Thank next you for level. my star. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, but, yeah, Jessica Rabbit. And even to this, to this day, like... She is considered the sexiest cartoon character. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, and and became this almost like, like you said, it is a dig at what men think a woman should be. Yeah, you know, in that sexualized way, but it almost became this way that women were expected to be that yeah, oh way yeah, moving yeah, it forward. Was. And that's what was silly about it. It had that very... And around about that time, they had those types of things. Yeah, they had those cinches to try bring in a woman's hips. Um, you know, and stuff like that. It was, it's, it's, it's half joking, half true though. It's a yeah. very, um, but all that aside, it is one of the greatest introductions to one of the most iconic characters oh, you'll ever see. Crazy. Like it's, it's a pure play on obviously, um, Marilyn Monroe, yes. and, you know, um, you know, Mr. President, you know, happy yeah. birthday, Mr. President type stuff. But man. How how awesome is that? Just you know, you just see it and you know, and they sing that beautiful song. You, why don't you do right? Yeah, and just basically, it's just it does. It blows your mind. And I if really, I was sitting there at the stage, oh, my jaw would drop. Hundred percent. And, be, 
as a moviegoer, the way they do it is like there's an energy to the scene leading up to it. There's mm. a bustle in the in yeah. the bar. It's just crazy and there's so much going on. And it honestly, as you watch, it's like you could hear a pin drop at home. Yeah. When it's on. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, even as a viewer, like, you know, we live in an age where most people are looking at their phone while watching yeah. television. It's those moments that's just like, I don't even know I've got anything in my hand. Yeah, exactly. It is. You're just basically, it's a blowout of an introduction. Oh, it is so just a brilliant. Good. You know, and it's funny, you know, and you see that basically um, how far out of that world Eddie is now. Yeah. That he goes, what? He must have a thing for rabbits. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because you do, you do expect the, um, almost like that Bugs Bunny and Drag type rabbit to come yes. out. And then yep. just that comes out and you just go, wow. No, not Lola from Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> there is a huge sexualized thing around that. I know, it's scary, internet, isn't seriously, it? Seriously, seriously. Yeah. When, admittedly, when there were times that basically I looked for uh, movies that were downloaded not of the amazing type. Yes. There's always <laughs> those little ads around the side, and they were horrifying. That's horrifying to see your favorite characters getting basically. I really appreciate how you, know, you danced around what you were up to. <laughs> Oh, it's horrible. Whoa. Yeah, no, but it is. Yeah, it's, and then you just go, wow, dude, people are into that. People yeah. are gross. People, yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest the internet has brought out the and dirtiest again, of people. And I'm sure was, there's a Jessica Rabbit one out oh, there. I, I definitely, man. Like, definitely some creepos. I remember there was that big, big drama around the time where supposedly where she fell out of the car, you know, when they crash out yeah, of the taxi yeah. and she spins in the air, that you supposedly saw her vagina. Really? That's it. There was at the, seriously. There was at the time, and and now this is true. This was a big controversy at the time, um, because base. But look, she got a red dress, and they said she didn't have any underwear. And then you supposedly look. It was around the time that um, they also did stuff like you know the Lion King sex when he laid down. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Like and and I don't. I think at the time, I think me and my brothers paused it, and it sort of looks like it, but it's addressed flowing around. It's a co- it's a snippet out of context. Again, if I enjoyed the movie, I would tell you something. I'll tell you off mics about something in the Happy Time Murders. Anytime, <laughs> oh, no, no, anyone no. that has been, yeah, that gross. <laughs> uh, it, seriously, there is. Oh, look, let's just talk about it. There is a scene in Happy Time Murders which is a take on um, Basic Instinct oh. with a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, oh, and oh, it uh, is um yep. You look seriously. It is appalling. <laughs> the best take of basic instance I've seen lately is Deadpool two. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> that little scene. Oh, 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 I'm gonna die. <laughs> Craig and He's I went and saw it. this. He's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Craig and I went and saw it after we went and watched James Cameron give a speech, oh. and um. I seriously think I nearly wet my pants from laughing so That's hard. That's one of the funniest things ever. I just um, someone says shirt cocking it to me. I just, <laughs> I just seriously, I we love, I love a, that Deadpool bit. Scene. We have got it. So we just talked about Jessica Rabbit's introduction. Yes. Um, can I just take us to another introduction? Something we've absolutely loved about Robert Zemeckis's films um, through all this is his opening scenes. Yes. And you know, um, every single one of them starts with. A opening scene, and what I've actually loved is the opening scenes have been so great for each mm. of his films so far. The first couple almost felt like you were being tricked 
into what sort of film you were going to have because yep. of the quality of the opening. Yeah, exactly. Um, used Cars is a prime example of that for anyone yep. that's listened to that episode. Um, and Roger Rabbit opens up with an amazing opening scene. Exactly, and it plays on the and it plays on the traditions of the time. Yes, which was a cartoon before the movie. Which we still at that point we're getting cartoons before our movies, and we only do it now with Pixar. Yeah, isn't it sad? Because it like is sad, man. you used to love getting stuff. a Bugs a new Bugs Bunny cartoon. Or yep. actually, they did a couple. There was a really great one before Wreck It Ralph. Oh, which actually it? has... I saw um, Disney are just digging in now. Disney have done a couple. Record, before Record Ralph, they had an awesome one, which was Mickey Mouse. Oh. And so he started in 2D um, cell animation in black and white, yeah. just a little pencil like Steamboat Willie, and he gets chased by, you know that big sort of beefy... Yeah, yeah, the guy who... cow-cat-looking yeah, guy? Yeah, he was his main villain at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't Minnie remember Mouse what his name well. is, yeah. but... Um, Let's call him Butch. Yeah, yeah Butch. Yeah, yeah Butch. Um, I had a... <laughs> had a a distant uncle who was Russian, and any time he saw me, he'd be like, "Hey, bitch!" Oh, that was what he I called thought, me. I thought you were referencing pop fiction. No, sorry, bitch. <laughs> um, but in the in the little short film, it's really cool. Mickey getting chased by this guy mm. ends up tearing a hole in the cell animation, and he jumps out. And when he jumps out the hole, he turns into three D CG and oh, color. And then he runs around and then jumps back in. So there's like this chasing around Benny Hill, <laughs> Benny Hill style. Um, but we get this introduction to to the film, and I got to say, uh, again, like it's just so beautifully done. And what it does is, Zemeckis directs an animated scene, yep. which we then find out you think you're watching a cartoon yeah. um, of Roger Rabbit and the character Baby Herman. Yeah. Roger's babysitting uh, baby Herman and anything that could go wrong is going wrong. And yep. it's just like this... Typical constant. awesome hijinks. Yeah, it is. It's so good. It's like this combination of like Bugs Bunny, Wiley Coyote, you know, just <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. that Daffy Duck all mixed into this one thing. And I realized watching it, I actually, I realized thinking back on it is that what it does is being animated it gives Zemeckis the opportunity to do it all as one ginormous take-in scenes. Yeah. Like a, a it's not a one um, but it's just, he has so much freedom to do in the animated. Yeah, exactly. Um, in the animated format that you get that beautiful moments like where Roger's on fire and he's running around in <laughs> circles and the camera's just following him go round and round. And just all this stuff that's like... Um, like as an animated film, like as an animated little cartoon, yeah, it's astounding. Like it's such it a good boxes, cartoon. It's almost like a, um, it's almost like a, a tribute to all the other oh, that came before it's it as well. Oh, so good! It is. It's a love letter to mm. to yeah, like those cartoons. It gets you in the mood of it, and it, once again, like we were talking about earlier, it's a perfect world builder. Oh, you know what I mean? You 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 see these characters, and then basically, and then. It just drifts into our world. It does, doesn't it? And it's almost like it's like, all right, I'm going to pull the rug out from under you here. Yeah. Which is it, the the little um, cartoon ends with the fridge being like mm. dropped on Roger's head. His head comes in through the, the bottom of the fridge like you'd get and he has these little Tweety Birds floating around his head. Tweety Birds. Going around and around and around. <laughs> and, and then you hear a loud cut 
and the camera pulls back and you realise we're watching this being filmed a as a movie yeah. set. And you realise that cartoon characters are actors. They're, they're, they're all these people and Roger's just not able to produce stars. Um, you know, <laughs> but even down to the baby Herman. like Who's a He's an awful character. He is, he's, isn't he's he? Ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. Let's be honest, he's, he's not a nice dude. But to just be like, damn it, Roger, and he th- storms Roll! off. I'm in my trailer. Yeah, Taking yeah. a nap. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, what a wonderful introdu- introduction exactly. to this world, isn't it? Yeah, like, and you see the baby get up and he starts talking, and then he obviously starts smoking. You just yeah, like, oh, starts smoking. He looks up the girl's skirt as yep. he walks under. Woo! You know, Sorry, toots. And again, it's <laughs> <laughs> so good. The, like the technology, just to, <laughs> the technology, just to have her dress fly up at the right moment yep. for them to animate that going on. And again, so much detail going on in Brilliant. there. It's just like, oh gosh, like. I hope that someone will go out there for us because we're too lazy to do it, let's be honest, mm. and just puts together a, a little clip of all the opening shots of Robert Zemeckis to this oh. point so you could just enjoy how Someone's well probably already done it. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. They probably have, haven't yeah. they? But that that scene, Craig, is just oh, it's brilliant. so and That's great. where you see um, a beautiful... Um, also, and he hits on the stereotypes again. Beautiful um, introduction to Eddie Valiant. It just switched straight to Eddie Valiant's head. Yep. And Ellie says, tunes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know so what I mean? He's got, his, he's got that old, you know, he's got the old fedora on, you know, basically he's just yep. the pure, um, you know, pure private eye. He's got the side, 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 and he's just tunes. It's just, oh, it really is so great. Oh, it is. It's, it's great. I love how they, I love how they've just basically... Oh well, same with Zemeckis on everything. He just he's he's able just to bring everything into a scene, yeah. You automatically, but in a clear and understanding fashion, <sighs> where you just basically get get everything just from those. You get all the characters just from that scene. It's like there's times where I watch it, and Roger Rabbit is a prime example of that. That I watch it, and there's there's different directors who are making big movies. Yeah, and you want to be just like seriously. Here's 10 Blu-rays. Just go watch these. This yeah. is going to tell you how you make a movie. Yeah. And if you're just looking at the the redhead with the big boobs in the shiny red dress, you know, like you're missing the point. But Zemeckis wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what she is in the movie. Yes. She's 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 that. She's the actual, um, the sparkle of the magician's trick. Yep. She's meant to distract you from... Other things, yes. Like, because if you think of it, when it was one of those funny things when you're watching a movie, watching it, rewatching it now, it's one of those things that you would have picked up if it was made today. That that piece of paper was the will. Yes, you know what I mean. But using using he has those distracting techniques, yeah, which take you it's like away, like a sleight of hand, yeah, sleight of hand that take you away from the plot. And it's usually around those times is when Jessica Rabbit pops in. Yes, because it, it Jessica Rabbit just takes you off track. Oh, so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just sometimes I just don't know how to put into words how how good, how good he is. I know he's he's he's, he's and, and and it's it's amazing how much my respect for him has grown through this whole um, this whole process. And what's crazy is there's so much more to come. Yeah, I know. There's such a big, big game ahead. You know what I mean? It's, it's seriously, and it's like a film like Roger Rabbit. Actually, I'm I'm watching it and I'm thinking I'm so excited for Marwin. 
oh, when yes, it comes out at yes. the end of the year. I'm so excited, to, but I'm also excited now to get in back into his animation. Yeah, I've, I've been very dismissive of his animation. Yes, um, except for Beowulf, but I've always liked the, I've, you know, I've always liked the old um, poem, and I've always been big in Beowulf, but. I'm interested to see the animation again. You know, I want to build into that animation. I feel again. we're going to be pleasantly surprised. Oh, oh look! Hey. I think I look seriously. Everything that everything that I love. If I had to go back now and rewatch um, used cars, I'd probably I would I would enjoy it more. I, yeah. I just know it right now. <laughs> I'd enjoy it more when it's not being used as a coaster. At your yeah, house, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was only a coaster for one movie, but um, I'm yeah. pretty sure that is a that is something as a practice that is regular in the Killian household. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we do. DVD we do. cases being it's used. As pretty Pretty Woman is now the major coaster <laughs> on our um, thing. <laughs> that and Constantine. The oh, D- Constantine. No, no, the DVD the, version. So the these DVD, are all DVD of Constantine. A Blu-ray never comes out, man. A Blu-ray never. You've used Constantine for at least four or five years. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yes, man. It's just like Which, my favourite coaster. Just, can we just say, it's probably a mass injustice <laughs> to that movie. Like, oh, look, I love Constantine. The same. I'm a, but I, I'm a huge fan of the comic book. And actually, I enjoyed the TV series as well. I've and not seen the TV Oh, series. man. Ed, the, the comic book is blows your mind. Blows, really? Yeah, yeah. And you can see why people were angry. But I think he picked up well. I think Keanu Reeves did a a, a, a good job. But back to was back this to ha- you said earlier in the episode that we were getting to Keanu Reeves. Oh, oh, do you want me is to get this, into it? Do you want me to do it? Do you want me to do it? Yeah, I thought do we, we segue. All right, I've got a little awesome little segue for you now. Okay, because I think it's time to revisit. Okay, and I'm going to call it Death of an Extra. <laughs> so pretty much, it's basically, <laughs> I'm going to try do a better tune once we get through. But mainly, it is. It's, oh, no, I think you should it, just scream it. Yeah, I know. I'm just going to scream it. Or maybe just... You know, but basically, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to find common actors within the films that we go through once in every two, three films, and I'll just give you a bit of an update. Now, if you listen to our last podcast, the last big actor that we had was El Guapo! Hey, El Guapo! <laughs> and, you know, and, and El Guapo. And, and... I've got. I've made notes. I've done <laughs> research. I know this. This is hard shit, man. This is hard. I, I'm taking this serious, man. People at home, I need a second cider just to get the, over the, this. The people at home, I'm just lazy as shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, but I've done notes here, and I lost them. No, but um. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> so I'm just gonna play with these for a second. But El oh, Guapo. Gosh. Now, <laughs> this is so silly, but I love it. But pretty much, okay, do you want to know why El Guapo charted to drift off and he definitely wasn't oh, in this movie? Can we just build some context here, Craig? Okay, okay, let's build context. For those who haven't listened to previous episodes yet, Craig was very excited to <laughs> see Guapo. El Guapo pop up. In what film was it? Used Cars. You, no, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, was, was his first appearance? Yeah, for, Used Cars was his first appearance. And so Craig has kept us on El Guapo watch for every episode <laughs> since. So just so you know... It's been very important to Craig to know that El Guapo is still around in these movies. Yep. So, please, continue. I was hoping he was going to be like this bit part in every movie. <laughs> but it changed. It completely, <laughs> changed? completely changed. You know why he wasn't in these movies? Because he had been in El Guapo. <laughs> Three Amigos came out around his time. And he was actually El Guapo, which means the handsome one. <laughs> 
<laughs> but he's 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 that a, why you've been calling me that. Yeah, I know. Thank you. <laughs> I never called you a golf guy. What did I used uh, to call email you? Email me at El Guapo at FFT. I used to call you something else. Not El Guapo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think we're allowed to say it on Big Craig. Um, but and he's an awesome. And he's some tidbits for everybody here. He El Guapo was in Three Amigos at this time. Yes. Okay. Obviously. Does so he this actually is like, have a name? Yeah. Yeah. This is his name. <laughs> oh, okay. Is cool. Alfonso Aral. Oh. I may say it wrong. It's A R A U. Okay. Um. Obviously, he's very. He's a Mexican fellow. <laughs> and he basically was doing Three Amigos. Yeah. Which was going to be directed by Spielberg. Whoa. But instead, Spielberg went to ET. Wow. I know. So it makes you think. Maybe this connection wasn't a Robert Zemeckis connection. Maybe it was a Bob. Maybe it was a um, Spielberg connection. Interesting. I know exactly. So basically, he <laughs> El Guapo went off called the handsome one um, to a movie. Obviously, like I said, Spielberg went off directing it. Now, after this film, he started directing. Really? Yes. So oh, he directed. Craig. I'm so proud of you right a, now. He directed a far of Mexican a, a Spanish film yep. called Like Water for Chocolate, which was considered one of the a great film and it was even nominated for yeah. an Academy Award at the time. Which side tidbit on Like Water for Chocolate? The f- town that he was filming it in at the time. Yes. A young guy who was in there was so impressed by watching it. He started no. to bring up his funds at the time. And created his own film, and his name was Robert Rodriguez. No! <laughs> Seriously, man, look. Mini trivia. An aspiring filmmaker from Texas who was not involved with the project spent time on set because he was in town shooting a small budget $5,000 full-length feature film for the Spanish home market. That young filmmaker was Robert Rodriguez, and that film was El Mariachi. Oh, my word. <laughs> Which became hit at Sunday. Thank and you, his El Guapo. I know. And then... Uh, this is this is the Keanu Reeves. He went on to direct a walk in the clouds really? with Keanu Reeves. Yes, he did. There he did. So that is my death of an extra. Oh. Farewell to my beautiful El Guapo. Like, but which is really good because he directs like uh, he directs like um very much Mexican films and Spanish work. Um, now that's what he does. He does TV as well as just local films. But yes. That's where he is now. He didn't go. He didn't die. You know, oh. he's still a guapo in our hearts. But yeah, he went on to bigger and better Can things. Can I just say, I'm so proud of you with that, Craig. <laughs> of course, proud look of you go. I know. Look at me. I was all pumped oh, and excited. Little notes, man. Little hit notes. us up on the Instagram. Let us let Craig know how proud you are for oh, his work. Oh, seriously, guys. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of myself. It's so cool. I know. Isn't it cool? Isn't it cool that he basically did that? Oh, well. A walk in the clouds. Thank I enjoyed, you very much, I enjoyed Craig. that film. I enjoyed Thank that film. Thank you very film. much, Craig. I love it. I love it. So, Craig, I was thinking um, <laughs> we'll get to the what we think about the movie. We've had a good chat about it. Oh, we've had we've a good had, chat about it. It's been a great everything chat. today. Um, but I was thinking just the other day, I started writing all my notes down on the movie. Mm-hmm. And I kept writing the, the being a bit of a grammar fan. I kept putting a question mark at the end of it. At Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Question mark. Yeah. Um, and then I realised on the poster and everywhere, there's actually no question mark anywhere. Huh. So the, a random question that I've got for you, it's just because I can't think of any reason why it wouldn't be on there, is 
If that was an intentional decision, why wouldn't you put a question mark on there? It's I, I, yeah, that bewilders It's me. odd, isn't it? Because you know they're very specific with their grammar. Yes. Like when Batman versus Superman was yes. changed to Batman v Superman. Yes. Because obviously it went back to the grammar of it. Yeah. So it's like the fact that there's no question mark on the end, because it is, it's a question. Who framed him? Yeah, who framed Roger Rabbit? They, they want to work out. Hmm. Yeah, that. that's weird. That's random. Or so, maybe it just turned out, uh, it, maybe it's something ridiculously trivial. Or maybe it's a movie about who framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. So, ah, so, I love it. Yes, yes, that's right. It's so a movie, it's not, it's not, it's it's not, not a question asking, posed to you. It's telling you it's, you're about to find out who framed Roger yeah, Rabbit. This is about who framed Roger Rabbit. So ah, I love it. That's that's it. That's your answer. There we go. Lock it in. That's your answer, everybody. There we go. Take it the, to the interwebs. The from first to last think tank. Put it on Wikipedia. That's, that's truth. right. Put you your can, source you down can. as us. <laughs> 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 One day we'll watch, we'll ask Mr. Zemeckis about it. And, uh, no, 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 no. I'm sure. Look, that, you don't have to right. bother Bobby Bob, Bobby Z. He, he knows. He's right. It's 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 us. We're right. Bob Bob Bobby Z. Bob Bob Bobby Z. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the scat man. So. <laughs> Skip it up, Bobby uh, Z. So, <laughs> oh, good, so good. So, Craig, what did you what did you think about the film? Oh man, seriously, I loved it. I loved it, I, and I loved Ellie. Like I said, I loved Eddie Valiant. Um, I loved how the world building within this film. Yeah. Um, I loved seeing. I loved seeing how flawlessly it all. Um, they all mixed in with each other. You know yeah. what I mean? I loved going into Toontown this time yes. so much. You know, like I it just basically I'd forgotten that bit. Yep. Um, and so just as much as Eddie Valiant was shocked to go back in, so was I. Yeah. And I realised how wild this is. And I was thinking to myself, Man, do they do this every time someone comes in? That's yeah. exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the song. Or, or is it because that it was such late at night? You know what I mean? You know, yeah. It was late night. There wasn't many people on the road. I've got to say, and on, on the Toontown part, um, you've got to give massive props to the, the, the guys that put the film together because there would be such temptation to get there sooner. Yeah. Like they, they hold you in the real world yeah. so long. That it is a shock when you get to Toontown. Yeah, exactly. Um, because, you, again, you think about some, another filmmaker making this film. They're not going to go, as soon as the murder happens, they're going to head to Toontown to ask questions. Yeah, exactly. Like they a detective film would do that. They don't ease you into it. Yeah. You're slapped in the face with Toontown. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Because it's hinted through the whole movie. Yes. Down Toontown. Down yeah, Toontown. Yeah. Down Toontown. And when it finally happens, and love Benny the Cab. <laughs> um, you know, like again, there's just like this insane energy through all that that chase scene. Yeah, and when you really think about that chase scene, it's so great because there's no car driving there that no. they they remove post. No, like, they add that in in post. Well, there is the car that Bob Hoskins is yeah, in, in yeah. but yeah, again, like people are just putting brakes on cars and allowing space for this to move. <laughs> Do you know, like yeah, in the real world, yeah. that's a choreographed scene oh, where people seriously. are stopping and doing all that stuff. It's just, oh. 
Like you know uh, the the cop car, the cop on the cops on a motorbike going yeah. over the roof. You know the the perfect stuntman. Yes. But, but also it, the but also is when you go into Toontown, he builds the um world of Toontown as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he basically you know he goes amazingly up this amazing huge huge building. Yeah. Um, falls off the building. You know what I mean? It's all just classic cartoon. You literally see a guy stuck in a cartoon. It's like. You travel through the tunnel and physics change. Yeah, exactly. Like, I always laugh at it. You see him hanging by the one finger. Yeah. Like you do usually <laughs> in cartoons. And you're like, seriously, man? <laughs> seriously? I can't even hang off with my whole hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and these guys hanging off with his... Uh, yeah, and you see Bob Hoskins without a shirt on. He's got a big ass. <laughs> he ain't hanging hey, off by I, one finger. Can I tell you a note I wrote at that very <laughs> scene where he shirt off? It's literally just in my phone when I was looking through earlier today. <laughs> Bob Hoskins is hairy. <laughs> <laughs> he is hairy. He is hairy. I, I wanted to see him and Danny DeVito at the time just wrestle. Just in, 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 in hot oils. <laughs> oh, gosh. In honey. In honey. In honey. <laughs> oh, that would be superb. With, with the stereotype black guy from used cars going, Woo! Look at that honey. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Damn, get that honey out of the way, boy. You <laughs> stink, like honey. <laughs> bees. Bees. <laughs> Here comes the bees. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh. And then if it was in the Roger in the Roger Rabbit world, Winnie the Pooh would walk in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be awesome if Winnie the Pooh came. Oh, that's, that's actually one thing. I would have loved to see Winnie in that. That would have uh. been awesome. But I guess he, he was Winnie's never a wacky character. No, he's not. He's, he's very, always just lovable. He's Winnie. very lovable. And I guess there would have been a time. There's some characters they would have been quite protective of in, in all that. It would have been music. cool seeing him at the end. You know, he could have thrown in a, it wasn't a bear. <laughs> even to be part of that song at yeah. the end where they're all yeah, exactly. waving them off and things there like that. Yeah, that's what my, my one negative of the film. Oh, no Winnie the Pooh. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so you loved it, Craig. Loved it, seriously. It's such a good film, you know, and it, yeah. and obviously watching it from a um, movie nerd's perspective, yes, it forecasts a lot of its plot. Yeah. But who cares? You but know, it man, is in a way that you don't, again, like. Yeah, exactly. It's in a way that you're distracted. When the and wheel happens and it's revealed that it was the invisible ink on the wheel yep. and all that sort of stuff, I knew it was coming. But even the way that, like, Hoskins grabs the paper absentmindedly and shoves in his jacket. Yeah, because he's squeezing into the back to yeah. free Benny. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, man, it's, it's just like one thought. And any other time, like, that would have been lingered on again. We've talked about it, these yeah. moments that Zemeckis just lets you make your mind up on it. Rather than showing you him stuff it in his coat. Exactly. But then he uses his magic trick. Yeah. He jumps into the back. You, you start going, why does he hold that letter yeah. still? Yeah, yeah. And then a cartoon taxi comes out. <laughs> it's a cartoon taxi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, yes, it's a cartoon taxi. And you've totally oh, forgotten about it. So Every great. scene. Every scene he does it. Like when he says, all we found was this stupid love note. And shoves it down his pants again. Yeah. And then something else happens. And then you've forgotten. Yep. You've totally forgotten about that whole, the whole major plot line, which is showing in your face through the whole film. Yeah, and that really it shows how great he does it. Yeah, that's brilliant. It it's that's what I love about it. Oh, that's what I love man, about it, man. So good. I love it. I um, I loved it as well. And I got to say, um, I was after my little trip to the cinemas, um, the disaster <laughs> that was that. 
and come back. Can I say I did get a free popcorn and choc top, so I feel like some um, repentance was oh, made really? on the, the cinema's behalf. Oh, you get your um, rewards, aren't you? Yeah, Cinebuzz <laughs> rewards. They're doing well. Hey, I've worked out for all those at home. Nice little Cinebuzz trick. Get a gift card. Scan your Cinebuzz card before your gift card's scanned in, and it counts towards your points on your card. Um, probably so just giving it away. There's probably some dude out there going, hmm, I didn't know that. Loophole? Let's shut that up. Like, <laughs> You're welcome, Event Cinemas. And don't forget it, brother. Hook me up with some more gift cards. Yeah, gift cards, gift cards, gift cards. And we'll just keep dropping, you know. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Event Cinemas. Event Cinemas. Event Cinemas. Yeah. Wow. Well, yep. I feel cool. like I'm an event yep. at a cinema. Proudly brought to you by a uh, non-sponsor. I think, I think we'd be horrible at those podcast advertisements. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't even go there. Don't even go there. Look, we'd do it better than that. We'd oh, yeah, yeah. I'd be serious. I promise. <laughs> we would do it better than that, but listen. I, I promise you, I would not, would not once if, raise about James L. Jones' breasts. <laughs> not I once think I they'd like it. Oh yeah, exactly. They'd like it. Well, it depends on what it is, you know. If I'm selling bras, maybe bras is good. At bros, bros, <laughs> yeah, the bros. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I loved it as well. I loved the film, Craig. Um, and I, I really love something about Zemeckis that I sort of touched on a bit earlier on is in a world where there are so many distractions around films. Mm -hmm. Like, again, life's crazy. So for us as a family, like, it's not uncommon to get halfway through a movie and then have to pause it to go do something. Yeah, exactly. To or be to like, just forget it altogether. Yeah. Oh, you look tired, mate. Come on, we'll stop. Yeah, that's exactly right. Tomorrow, we'll, yeah. we'll watch it tomorrow. Or, you know, you're saying it to your son. I'm saying it to my wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, to, to stop it and be like, oh, stop it and go, hey, you're cool if I put some washing on. Yeah. Go do that. You know, that's 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 what happens when you're not in a cinema. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, and again. I'd love to watch that, this in a cinema. Oh, wouldn't. I would love to watch like this. Like if this comes on well. in 35, yeah, we're down. Yeah, we're down there. Be um, oh, man. Ritz. Ritz. And I look at your face. You're just like, oh. Ritz Cinema. Oh. You're almost up. in the cinema then. Hit, oh, <laughs> seriously, man. It, look, read that first article post that I put up uh, on the website because it really does talks about how much I love the experience yeah. of going to the cinemas. Because mm -hmm. um, for me, like there was a little dark time for Jeff where the only thing that really kept me going aside from my daughter was trips to the movies. Yeah. And 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 it was um it was just this real happy place. I remember once saying that I felt like the cinema was my church. And as a Christian person it's almost blasphemous. That's always bigger uh, than Jesus. Eyes. <laughs> so so but it really was. It was. It was a very well, special. Even place. if you look at it in a pure, just the psychological effect, it's the mindfulness of a good film. Oh, it just it shuts your mind. Yeah, you know what I mean, a good film, an escape. It's, it is it's a pure escape. escape. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's what's the that's what is a good film's meant to be. And I think if you're sh if you're thinking about friggin' other shit, man, it's not working. Yeah, it's not doing its job, is it? Yeah, yeah. And like if it's the first time, like obviously you've watched movies several times, you know this scene yeah. is where I can put the laundry on. <laughs> yeah, scene, you yeah, know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And and but like, what's great about say Who Framed Roger Rabbit is, you know, I put it on, and I'm like, oh, should I do this? Actually, I'll do it after this. Yeah, I'm gonna watch this bit first, and I'll do it after this. And I know this is coming, yeah. and I'll do it after I'll do this. this thing. And I'll do it. Oh, and then I didn't you want just to like slip out of the cuffs. That's awesome. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I want to see this bit. Oh, the Eddie the cat's going. That's right. <laughs> Two bits, Craig. Two uh, bits. <laughs> you know, like 
even the, the the awesome scene where Roger's meant to be laying low and he's singing along to the record and smashing the plates oh, on his head. Seriously, it's so good. But For a like, drunk, bunch of drunken reprobates. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just Christopher Lloyd. Oh, Christopher let's Lloyd. Just bring, is sorry, let's bring so it to Christopher good. Lloyd again, but, just as quickly. Back to you. But <laughs> like Robert Zemeckis's films, just do that. Like they just they're yeah. stopping me even in my home. That could be filled with distraction. Yeah. It's just like I put it on and immediately I want to either watch the film again, I want to record a podcast, or I want to watch the behind the scenes so I can see how they did things. Yeah. And so I just love it so much. And um, I really, really enjoyed Ro- Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like I think I can't vocalize how much I enjoyed watching it. I I. I can't put into place how how much it has an effect in my life as one yeah. of those pillar movies. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. We all have those pillar movies. You know, pillar movies where pretty much they they hold up a certain um, memory for you. And there's there might be a huge amount of bias to it. You know what I mean? Like, I guess if I got a kid to watch it or something, um, a teenager, they probably might not enjoy it as much. As yeah, we do. but it's just like you know. I remember. My brother and I, um, my brother John and I, we'd basically always crack around doing jokes about it. Remember me, Eddie, when I killed your brother? (laughs) 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 And we'd always try to do that high voice. (laughs) I'd always win because, you know, my balls haven't dropped. But seriously, seriously, it's basically, and these things were just amazing to us. And, you know, like I'm still impressed by the dip truck. Oh, you know what I mean? That's such, and and when you think about it, it's so it's such a it's such a tune idea. Yeah, like he says in the movie. You know, it's it's the whole truck looks like something a a tune. Yeah, it's like something a kid would draw. Yeah, exactly. But then there's the sadness. There's a little bit of sadness to the film as well. It's almost like um, Zemeckis is making a judgment on. Um, childhood versus adulthood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because let's be honest, as adults, Judge Doom has a little bit of... He wins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Judge Doom wins, if essence, if you wanted to take it like if this was a real world. Because highways are just... He yeah, just yeah. has... Yeah, and he has a beautiful concept of design. He's, his vision is clear. <laughs> <laughs> you got to think about it. He's got a clear vision. You know, if he was on Shark Tank, they'd be like... I like your idea. <laughs> for a cartoon character, yeah, a cartoon he's got ca- some sound he's logic. He's got some sound logic, man, you know. Just, <laughs> just you could get to one place to another, you know what I mean? Because so you don't have to use the freaking Cloverleaf. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the which, trams. Which, don't, you know, they don't cash in checks. Funnily Who enough. doesn't cash in checks? Our, our city is just unveiling a tram network over the next <laughs> few months. <laughs> We're getting there. Oh. Well, look, we're we're twenty years away from the forties. So. I know exactly. <laughs> I swear, Judge Doom's here as well. But <laughs> but yeah, but seriously, it's just it's just a film that just just you just get blown away by. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And can I just uh, I want to give a huge mention in this to we've talked about like this is Zemeckis firing at his best, mm-hmm. like he's confident. This is Zemeckis, the director. But I've got to say. Uh, Alan Silvestri, the composer for this, is is just like amazing. Yes, um, he gets to do so much in this. There's the madcap sort of loony <laughs> themes that he has running he would through have it. So much fun with this. There's oh, you, and you can tell. 
Yeah. You can just tell there's the soulful jazz underneath. Anytime Eddie's on his own, there's just this beautiful sorrow in it. The cool thing about um the cool thing about um c- cartoons at the time and the cartoons the characters that are mainly used in these films. Yeah. Music is a core, you know. Yeah. And it was and and a lot of them were classical. Yeah. You know, classical music, you know, not like shoot the wabbit. <laughs> Kill the wabbit. But um but pretty much yeah, they're all classical, um classical themes. Yeah. You can just imagine someone like Al Silver who would just be like, Oh, you know, a kid in a play pit. Oh, and you can tell it. Um I I really want people to check it out. We'll put some links on the on the website. Um but I've started a from first to last playlist, Craig. Ooh. So what I'm going to do is being a, a, a composer. If we rank that, I have to say Used Cars Song's at the top. A used Cars Song is on the playlist from Bobby Bear. <laughs> it's on there for people. It's at number one. It's but number one. just have a look. I've got a song that I put on there, which is it's, it's about 11 minutes long, which is a Who Framed Roger Rabbit um, wow. song on there. Yeah. And it's actually like it really takes you on a journey of the film throughout the 11 minutes. It goes into that real soulful sort of jazz when Valiant's on his own. Then it, it picks up again to chases and the tension of that and the high drama. It's seriously, it's so good. So and good so Alan Silvestri is just like really, um, he's just doing beautiful things here. Yeah, um, we might have to do like a, a side story on him. I, I would love to, hey. Um, because, because I think, I think you, because I guess from one of our main things about First to Last Podcast is shining a light on people that you didn't, you know, that yep. have been in the background, but they've had such a big impact. Yep. And yep. so, yeah. I think my my article for this, this film is actually a love led to Alan Silvestri. Oh, superb. Um, and so in there, I'll do a little chat about a few things like, seriously there's some music that he does that is just astounding and even i was i was surprised again after watching infinity war again the other night because i received it for father's day on blu-ray um and the end theme which is so somber and just really uh it's quite a beautiful song actually um and I was like, far out, who did this? And it's Alan Silvestri. Um, so he has this amazing body of work. But Craig, I would love to do a side episode somewhere along the way yeah. that, that will be an Alan Silvestri one. Yeah. And and let's have a look. We might do we it towards... Mencken as well. Do, oh. Yeah. You're throwing you're, them in. You're, I'm going to throw them at you. speaking my throw language. <laughs> I do love Alan Menken. And actually, I had the honor of uh, interviewing Alan Menken, and it was probably one of the greatest um, things that oh, I did. We won't, we won't do a Williams. But uh, oh, look, we'll do some stuff. I think Silvestri really, when you think Zemeckis, Silvestri is... We're having like a board meeting right now. Yeah, is a, <laughs> On podcast. We're, we're, but I think Silvestri really links in well with Zemeckis yeah. uh, because without Silvestri, you don't get the theme to Back to the Future. You don't have that beautiful opening song for Forrest Gump as the and the closing song as the feather flies oh, away. Wow. You know, there's there's all these things, and oh, that's Forrest something Gump. to get really excited know, about, isn't it? Um, I, I'm I'm really thinking we'll end up with a three hour podcast for that one. Seeing as though Who Framed Roger Rabbit is just about to get to the two hour mark, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. But the sad thing is, I probably think we've talked about it for about an hour. Yeah, <laughs> but there's like I would I would 
happily talk Alan Silvestri in a separate, um, like just an episode that focuses yeah. on how important he is to. Um, oh yeah, Robert I think Zemeckis. it'd be a great thing to see basically because these let's let's be honest, is these guys, these directors, even just talking about Bob Zemeckis, wouldn't have as much gravitas if it wasn't for the these common alliances that he the team they yeah the team that surrounds him yeah. like we were talking about with obviously James Cameron you yeah know, he has his, he has a team that he sets up of experts yeah and this is this is Robert's team yep. this is Bobby Bobby Z's team yeah it is and like I just I love it so check out there'll be a Spotify playlist that we'll put on there it'll be just basically the FF FFTL um, podcast playlist yep um, and you can check it out it's gonna have some of the the real highlights from his stuff in that'd there. be awesome so you can check that out um, so Craig it's come to that time of the episode where we have to talk where these films rank and I've actually I was concerned that we were going to run out of memory relating to where Craig's been putting his wild <laughs> feelings towards <laughs> films. Uh, so I wrote them on a, on on the wall over here. Um, no that's, one at home can see fun. it. I've pointed to the whiteboard that I have here. And uh, so Craig has recently come to the conclusion that used cars is sitting higher than I want to hold your hand. Yes. Um, so we're five movies in now. Five movies in, and so going to our top five. Let's let's go from five, four, three, two, one. That way, where you're going to rank? Uh, See, it's really Roger hard. Rabbit. It's really like, and this is where my battle comes in: is Back to the Future, obviously, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, would be my five for number one. That's yep. very logical, but you know what I mean. Like I, I don't want to underappreciate Back to the Future no. franchise because I love it so much. Yes, but Who oh, Framed Roger Rabbit. Man, it's, it's just always been a it's it's been such a strong part. Whereas I think Back to the Future, I always see it as a sum of parts. I'm yeah, like, I always see it as a, just one section of a whole. Um, bugger it, I'm gonna go Who Framed Roger Rabbit at number one. It's I it's love strong. It, it's fresh in the mind. Yeah, um, but also I've I just enjoyed watching it so much the other day. I um, I enjoyed watching it so much. I agree with you. No, and I, I actually had. I thought I was going to upset the apple cart by saying that I'm going to put Hugh Frame Roger Rabbit as number no, one as well. No, no. Um, so, Craig, so your 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 standings at the moment is Who Frame Roger Rabbit. Yep. Followed by Back to the Future. Yep. Romancing the Stone. Used Cars. Used Cars. And I Want to Hold Your Hand. Um, I'm going to wow. wholeheartedly wow. agree with you on the Who Frame Roger Rabbit. I'm putting it at number one as well. I think Back to the Future is an amazing film and you just have to listen to our last podcast yeah, to, exactly. to hear how much we love it. Um, but what I think is hard to separate is the fact that it's a trilogy. Yeah, exactly. So, like you can, it's, it's like I said, you can't see it as part of a whole. Yeah. And so when I think back to the future, I think of hoverboards and I think Same. of, um, you I know, think of, uh, you know, ZZ Top and their spinning guitars yep. at the at the county fair. Um, trains that turn into yeah, um, trains yeah. with coloured smoke. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, and Jules and Vern. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so, um, have you seen that weird video that they reckon the kid flips the bird in that? <laughs> no. There's supposedly something he does with his. Oh hand. yeah, he goes like, he it, goes like that. Yes, yes, I flips have, his I have. bird, maybe points at his little. 
Yeah, Little Vern. Um, I can't remember. We'll have to look it up, but that'll be interesting to revisit. But he might have just been touching it. My son, he might my have been son, itchy. My son He's in some old clothes. Him. He's always touching it. I have to tell him not to. <laughs> I'm just like, mate, we're outside. Get your hand off it. Oh, it just feels nice. Get it off. <laughs> He's five, don't guys. Touch He's five. It. <laughs> it's just, don't touch just it. Boys, don't touch it. That's exactly right. I got the same problem at 36. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> I've, got it, I've got my hand on it now. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Me and Pee Wee Herman. Oh, golly. Golly. <laughs> golly. That's what I say. <laughs> Jeepers. All right. So I'm, I'm almost on par with Craig here. I've got Who Framed Roger Rabbit number one, Back to the Future, Romance in Stone. But I put, I want to hold your hand one step up from used cars. Seriously, I know I'm going to love used cars if I watch it again. Yeah, well, well I know. Once I, it comes out from under my drink, it'll be fun. <laughs> I'm going to have to start charging you rentals on it. Um, so there we go. There's, I thought this was going to be a heated debate that would go on for another no, 15 man, minutes. Seriously, I I'm just, so glad we're in agreement. It's, it's, if you want to look at it in other ways as well, okay, if you want to look at it as just movies that have an impact. Yeah. Okay, now let's yeah. just say technical. Yeah. Technically, um, technically, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a better film than Back to the Future. 100%. Uh, if you think about, imp- like, look, the, uh, culturally impact, yes, obviously, um, Back to the Future is still amazing. Yeah. You can tell by just watching Ready Player One. Yeah. Um, but if you think about within the industry, a film that pushed forward so much technology. Yeah. And so much innovation. Yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. I also think it's a more complete film. Yeah. Yeah, same. Um, I think, it, like we were saying before, this is this is him as a director. Yeah. This is him this is him so confident in yeah, what he's doing I love that it. he's able to bring across imaginary characters that yeah. are not there and still confidently direct them. Yeah. And and there in no way is there pretentiousness in it. No, exactly, so, exactly. So it's a, it's and there's a no way is it thrown in your face. Yeah. Hence the reason that, you know, Toontown's towards the end. Yeah. Because it's not a gimmick. Yeah. You just it just happens to be part of the plot. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I love about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, so seriously. I, I agree. Uh Zemeckis is honestly at the top of his game here. Yep. Um and it's a film if I look at my you know, counting logging every movie from twenty eleven that I've done, mm-hmm. it's been watched three times now. Yeah. Whereas Back to the Future has been watched once. Yeah. Like they'll always, look if they're sitting together, I'll I'll always end up watching back I'll always end up watching Who Framed Roger, Roger Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah. So But good. then I'll have my uh, Back to the Future set and I'll probably end up putting on two. Yeah. Yep. Which, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then watching bits of three. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. I love it's it. Just, I, it's not that I it's, I guess it's almost like I under undervalue Back to the Future, you know, it's set in a way. Well, it's, it's almost it is, like it's that. It's been part of our life for so long. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's not hard not to. to yeah, it's like my take wife. You know, just take for granted. Oh, <laughs> treat that lady. I love it. I love finding these jokes because my wife and I listen to these podcasts later, <laughs> <laughs> and basically, yeah, this is aimed at you, darling. <laughs> <laughs> oh golly! <laughs> oh, Once again, man. that was a secret Pee Wee Herman reference. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, <laughs> just face, just face. Oh, superb. Oh, I had to throw I just something went gross from in. Confusion to repulsion in about 
<laughs> Half a second. See, this is it's a skill. It's a skill. <laughs> it's That's a, a happy time murder <laughs> skill. <laughs> Craig Killian, <laughs> just think as of a man dressed in an octopus <laughs> outfit. Oh and Brooke no! Dressed, Brooke dressed like a cow. No. <laughs> oh oh <God. laughs> That'd be my. That'd be my. That'd be my um voice. <laughs> oh. You- <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, guys. I've got to stop. Oh. i got to, I got to oh. stop. I'm sorry. Anyone who's actually seen the happy time, and all these people, do you know what I'm really afraid of? There's a whole wave of people who are now going to watch happy time. <laughs> to find I'm never out gonna what's going to watch it. I just, I trust Jeff too much. I'm oh, not going to watch it. Oh, man. I'm going to waste Don't my time. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right. So where can people <laughs> find us, Craig? <laughs> Listen, we've talked about the, the, the website, which is fftlpodcast.com. Um, and social media. Social media, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, all pretty the, much all the at nature band. FFTL podcast. And you can email us. There's a link on the website. If not, it's info at FFTL podcast. But really, um, subscribe. Mm. That's that's all we ask. Subscribe us. Give us a rating on anywhere that you're that you're listening to us. Exactly. Give, um, us, a, give us a comment. Yeah, give us a comment. We 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 want to interact with you guys. Yeah, we want to interact. And keep checking the Instagram and the Facebook and the Twitter, all those places where it's be happening. nice to each other. Um, yeah, hundred percent. That should be just a a given. Yeah. be nice to each Listen. other. We can joke about things, but do it nicely. Yeah, do it. Yeah, do it nicely. Don't be divisive. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, whether yeah. you like our stuff or not, or you don't like the movies or our opinions. Or not. Everyone's entitled to an opinion. Yeah, definitely. The world's too divisive right now. <laughs> it sure is, and just look. It's it's all from where it comes from, isn't it, Craig? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. all about where it comes from. Exactly. So yeah. So tune in next week, guys. We're gonna be tackling Back to the Future Part Two. Yep. Um again, we've been on a an can't awesome journey. I know, oh, I can't either. It. Hey, I'm I'm really <laughs> excited. Why are you adult? What's what I'm really excited for too, Craig, and it's Billy is, Zane. It's Billy is, Zane. I, oh Billy yeah, Zane. Yeah, I know. Billy Zane. The <laughs> Zane. Um you, I'm really excited. Actually, it sounds terrible. I'm excited to get past Back to the Future. Yeah, I um, am. I am because I I know I like them. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because um, it's just a given. And we've got a little season of films coming up after it that sort of, it's just taking us to a different Different Zemeckis. Different Zemeckis. You know, Death Becomes Her, I've not seen. This is, this is after, yeah, that's why I'm interested because after this, so this is, Zemeckis, the director. Yeah. Then he turns into the artist. Yes. And so, and this is where he starts finding his ground as the art, like remembering Death Becomes Her. Yeah. But then he finds his art, he gets his art kicked yes. through his Forrest Gump. I love it. I love it so much. So tune in next week, guys. We're going to hit Back to the Future Part 2. Um, it's, it's, every week is just something I'm so excited for. I hey, know. Craig. I know, so pumped. It's so good. <laughs> so, listen, guys, we're so grateful that you're just sticking with us and joining us each week. We're having a blast as you've... As we say it every week, don't we? We're having yeah, such a good blasting. time doing it. We're blasting. But, you know, um, give us your feedback because we really want it. We want to know what you're loving, what you're hating. And yeah. look, in honesty, um, if we love what you hate, we're not going to change it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, unfortunately, if you hate me... <laughs> <laughs> listen... We'll yeah. release a uh, Jeff cut, which is just Jeff talking, <laughs> and then just going, oh. That'll be on Craig, the, the well, from just... first to last. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> just out of nowhere. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Because <laughs> I'll be I cut did, out. <laughs> I did have one friend tell me the other day, Craig, and I thought this was very funny. He's like, um, 
the scary moment when you're walking around the house and you're saying, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> things when someone says something a bit uh, hardcore. He's like, that was the moment when I realized I've been listening to this podcast too much. <laughs> so I, I really appreciated that. So guys, listen, we hope you're having as much fun as we are. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Mum, for all the nice things you've been saying about yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for the um, comments. Yeah, and tune in next week for Back to the Future Part 2. And listen, you know, uh, from all of us here at From First to Last, uh, we say thanks. And um, I'm Jeff Reed. I'm Craig Killian. And we'll see you next <laughs> week. See you next time. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>